3: Coming up on episode 333, we've got the Chrysler Pacifica plug-in hybrid, the Honda Moto Compacto, the Hyundai Tucson, and a whole bunch of news from CES 2024, including large language models coming to cars, um, Honda Series Zero Concepts, LiDAR in in China, uh, Eaton's mini EV charger, Supernal and Xiaopeng showing off flying machines of some sort, the Detroit Auto Show going back to January, Android Auto getting battery information, and a conversation with Henrik Fisker. All that and more coming up next. This is episode 333 of Wheel Bearings. I'm Sam Abulal Samit from Guidehouse Insights.
2: And I'm Nicole Wakeland from The Road Reflected.
3: And I am Roberto
0: Baldwin from SAE International.
3: And, uh, Robbie and I managed to get back from CES without any COVID. Uh, So that to me,
0: that is, is, I don't know. Like we should get a badge or a patch or
3: something for that because I I did, I did that in 2020 as well. You know, right when, you know, it was really the arguably the first super spreader event. So
2: right, because I don't know right if were
0: I think everyone was saying they got COVID at, at CES. I think that's one of those. Like I saw the band first. You know, well, I saw Radiohead I... with twelve people in a band in a bar in Bristol yeah. or something. I think that's what would happen. Yeah, but well, that I was don't... the year I used I I used hand sanitizer. I didn't shake anyone's hands. I didn't hug anyone because the day after I got back, had a huge like two of my bands were playing shows that week. Oh, yeah. so you yeah. had to. So be I was healthy. like super careful that weekend, but I still think that. The um, I got COVID at CES 2020 is very much the I saw, you know,
3: Pearl Jam I was, I was in at Seattle Woodstock. for $3, yeah. That yeah. was a good
1: stock.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I don't I – don't, I wouldn't say necessarily that that many people got it, but I think enough people got it that were going back to different places that, you know, that's what proliferated it everywhere. Yeah,
2: I do think a lot of people brought it home. Yes.
3: Yeah. Like a delicious – Anyway.
1: Tour.
2: Anyway.
3: <laughs> Let's talk cars.
2: Yeah. Cars,
0: cars, 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 cars. cars. I didn't drive a car. <laughs> I was at CES. I didn't drive nothing. <laughs> I drove a car. Well you did. You 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 rode a, you rode something. Did I? The motor oh car. yeah, I did. I guess I'll write that the down. You guys keep car. talking. I'll write okay. that to the notes.
3: <laughs> All right. Nicole, what'd you drive?
2: Oh, I have the Hyundai Tucson. So uh, and it was the gas engine because it's gas hybrid or plug-in with the Tucson. I just had good old gas engine. So it's a 2.5 liter four cylinder, 187 horsepower. Uh, it moves. You know, it's not supposed to be sporty. And it doesn't drive like it's sporty. It's a nice solid little uh, family SUV. Is it SUV or a crossover? I guess it's technically an SUV, right? Is it a proper? Who the hell knows uh, anymore?
0: It doesn't it's matter. An
2: SUV over everything's an SUV now. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. but it's it's two rows, a tall it's wagon, five, a tall wagon. But I like this one because you know what? It's not like a crossover that's too tight like so if you put three people in the back they'd be squished there's a decent amount of room in the back of the tucson um you know for shoulder wise so three adults could sit across um but for two it's it's genuinely spacious i had russ move the seat back for his six foot three and then sit behind his seat and he was fine so it's a decent car if you have taller people that are gonna ride him back um what i like about hyundai and i always like about hyundai is not only their cars look decent they have nice trims but you get a great they're always a great value. You always get an awful lot of features for the price that you're paying. So I have the limited, which is the top trim. I had it with all wheel drive and it's available with front wheel drive if you want it. And All wheel drive is awesome, but it's $38,000-ish roughly. I didn't have a Monroni, so I looked it up, but it's around 38,000 just over. So for 38,000, you're getting a vehicle with a lot features that includes the all-wheel drive you've got heated and ventilated front seats and a heated steering wheel you got heated rear seats which i always think is like the coolest luxury to have those outboard passengers have heated seats because people never have heated second row seats they tend to be something that you get in very expensive cars you can find them in a mass you know more affordable cars like this but it's not common um so you have that you got bros premium audio panoramic sunroof you get a lot of features and there's leather seats so it looks like a premium car but it's still a hyundai so it's thirty eight thousand dollars. you you're not paying for a fancy badge on the front of it Um, and it drives beautifully i drove it in quite a bit of snow so it handled really really well i didn't have any issues at all getting through little snow banks at the end of the driveway Um, and there is a snow mode there's a couple of different drive modes i tried out the snow mode but when i went from snow to knots to like i think it's is it called comfort i've forgotten what the regular mode is but just from snow to not snow mode <laughs> um i didn't suddenly notice that the car handled terribly so even without putting in its little snow mode it handles just fine didn't have any trouble getting through the snow was a great car for winter driving i, I took it into boston in a muckety mess and it was good uh, and it has a lot of room for cargo. It's got 41.2 cubic feet behind the rear seats and 80.3 when you fold those seats flat, there are 40 60 40 split folding seats. That's a good amount of room. You can fit a lot of luggage back there and it's a nice wide opening. Like I thought about this and like I don't know if this is technically SUV like you said we were talking about or technically crossover, but this really is a great vehicle if you like I want this space for my luggage or my kids stuff or the family you know weekend project. But I don't want something that's a cavernous, unnecessarily huge size. This is gonna hold a family's luggage, no problem. It's gonna hold a family, no problem. It has great features. And for 38000 dollars that's not a bad price. And I really enjoy driving. It's my only gripe. And this isn't, this isn't a Hyundai gripe. This is an every car ever made gripe. I didn't, like I said, I didn't have a Monroni, so I don't know what they called the color, but it was sort of like the interior was a sort of Whitish, light grayish kind of leather seats, really beautiful leather seats, really comfortable leather seats. That because they were so light, were actually the color of your jeans. Like they have that they take the blue dye.
0: Oh, uh, so yeah, right. I don't, know
2: and what, this, well... I don't know why it's always a le- like it doesn't happen on tan, like light tan interiors don't suffer this so much, but anything that's a white or light gray. You see it and it makes your seats look awful. Like it really does. And it's not a Hyundai thing. It's You can get the most expensive or the cheapest car. If you have those light leather seats like that, they grab the dye from your jeans. So as soon as I get in, I'm like, oh, okay, there we go. The seats (laughs) were once a paler shade. Now they're slightly (laughs) blue tinged. So that was my only gripe about it. But again, that's not a Hyundai gripe. That's a don't get that color seat in any leather ever if you ever wear blue <laughs> jeans because your seats will be the color of your jeans after you slide in and out a few times
3: well especially uh, if you have uh you know if you have children you also mm-hmm. don't do not want anything light like that right for your upholstery
2: because yeah, it really it really does sort of soak in the dirt and the colors so you have to be you've got I don't know why you buy an SUV this size if you had didn't have a family but like, don't put your kids in this one or put something over the seats and never wear your fancy, nice, dark blue jeans <laughs> or you're going to ruin your seats because it does come off. Like I was talking that you can mostly get it off. But if you've had those seats for it's like you've had the car for a while. Remember, these are cars that have not been driven for years and years. You know, they aren't getting that kind of lifetime of driving. They already have this kind of marks on them. And yeah, you can clean it off. But how often do you want to have to be cleaning your seats? And at some point, you're not really getting all of that blue out of there. You know, at some point, the blue is staying, and it's now a part of the look. And even, you know how leather creases over time from just people's butts being in the seat? As those creases happen, they look even worse because they sort of highlight the creases because the creases are more white, and the rest of the seats get that more of that uh,
1: yeah. blue.
2: hit. So it makes them look older than they are, even when they're nice new, still look, you know, pretty good looking seats. So that's, that was my complaint. And it's not a Hyundai Tucson complaint. It's a cars with light leather
3: seats complaint. Do you know if the Tucson you were driving was a 2023 model or a 24?
2: Um, I believe I had a 24.
3: Okay. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm looking through the build and price on the configurator on the 20 for the 24 and I cannot find anything but black interiors really yeah so it's possible it you've got a 20, 23
2: it said 24 again no. again I'm going on what I have the the key fob said 24 and I'm yeah. assuming that the key fob is correct
1: <laughs> because maybe I they didn't have they, them they on ordered
0: money. one into the fleet and then they saw what was going on they're like yeah don't don't offer that anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was a bad idea maybe.
2: but yeah but otherwise I like the Tucson I generally speaking I like Hyundai's. I feel like they do a good you know, they're not fancy, they're not over the top, but it looks great, the interior's nice, they're comfortable, they ride well, they get good fuel, they like check, they sort of check all the boxes. They do all the things you want it to do and as a family car, I think the Tucson's a
3: great choice. What do you think of the the center stack with the the touch controls on there?
2: I didn't have an issue with it. I was fine with the touch controls, why what don't you like about the touch
3: uh, you know, to the, the, the touch controls again. for the climate and everything, you know, I 're they're, they're a little fussy to use um, you know without looking at them um, and I know we talked about this a few weeks ago uh, there was a AutoCar car a UK publication had um, the refreshed Tucson which is actually going they're re- they're redoing the the instrument panel and the center stack and going back to uh, physical controls so you still get the, the touchscreen but replacing those that touch panel that's below the screen with physical controls. Um, and I would guess that that is going to be coming on the probably on the, the 25 Tucson here in North America.
2: Yeah. I yeah. didn't find these to be the, the, like some of the, some of these touch controls like this where they control everything are super finicky and fidgety. Mm-hmm. I didn't find these as bad as some, like it was enough. I'm like, Oh, I'd rather have a button i would have yeah. a little something to press but it wasn't so much so that it was driving me crazy and i couldn't get used to it so i felt like this one was better all than right was, um it was all right it was it's all, right.
3: Right. It's all it right. Right. i'll yeah. deal with it if i have yeah, to
2: exactly uh,
3: all right um and uh let's see what what was the price again
2: um, it's about thirty-eight thousand. It was just over thirty-eight for the limited. Because okay. I said I didn't have a Maroni, so I went and looked. So it, for the twenty-four, the the limited with all-wheel drive is like thirty-eight. I want to say thirty-eight two something. So it's just over thirty-eight.
3: Okay. Cool. Cool, cool. All right. Tucson. Robbie. Yo, you got to ride something in uh, in Las Vegas last week. I did. So I went to the
0: Honda booth at CES, which it was hard to f- realize it was the Honda booth. It was just a dark booth with a <laughs> bunch of people in it. And they're like, oh, what's going on over there? It's like a, it was like a club. Have you ever been to a club where it doesn't have like really good um, signage? <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot of people there. You're like, well, was I got to see what's like, going on.
2: Yeah, probably.
0: And so when I went, I'm like, oh, it's the Honda booth. So I, you know, the, those, uh. The two Honda concepts look way better in person than they do in the photos. Because in the photos, I was like, "eh, yeah, these are fine, whatever." And then well, I went we'll so I like, the photos
3: Ooh. are kind of dark too. Especially yeah. for the saloon. But we'll talk yeah. about that later. So, but
0: uh yeah, I went in there and they're like, "oh, these are nice." And then I saw someone from Honda PR, and then I saw someone else from Honda PR, and then I saw somebody else from Honda PR, <laughs> and then I had a um, I had a meeting with somebody that was canceled. I was, and they were like, hey, you want to go get, grab some lunch? And I said, sure. So I went back with them to, a, uh, to like a meeting room in another hotel. And they're like, hey, you want to ride the Moto Compacto around this meeting room? Ooh. And I said, yes, I do. And so <laughs> I rode the Moto Compacto around a meeting room uh, while Honda was <laughs> eating lunch. <laughs> they had like little chairs set up for like a uh, presentation, and they had rounds set up for people to eat dinner. And then there was like a tape or a lunch, and there was like a table for with a buffet on it. And I just rode a little moto compacto around that for like fifteen minutes, and it was fantastic. Uh, so
2: everyone else was was having lunch. You're everyone was, circles around them. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was uh, okay.
0: enjoying their food, <laughs> and I was just like, Wee! so um,
2: you,
3: you know, you're quite a bit taller than I am. Uh, yeah. So so I was wondering, how comfortable was it for you to ride it?
0: It actually wasn't bad. I thought it was going to be a lot. I, I thought I was going to feel a lot more cramped. The thing with scooters and with uh, something like this is that the sitting, it's, it's how you sit. So if I get on, say, uh, a 600cc sport bike, like a Monster or CBR, mm-hmm. I look like someone hugging a small tricycle is what it <laughs> looks like.
3: <laughs> but on the Moto now Compacto, that, everybody looks like that
0: yeah so it wasn't as bad as i thought it would be i was actually comfortable the seat uh you know again i'm riding around on a carpet in a meeting room so i'm not like you know on a road somewhere you know putting this thing through its paces i'm cruising around a meeting room <laughs> <laughs> in the convention center portion of a hotel so yeah um But, yeah, no, it felt comfortable. Um, I I, I was trying to shoot video, so I was riding it with one hand, which can be, uh, especially for something with, you know, the smaller the wheels, the less uh, stability you have, and the smaller the sort of the wheelbase, the less stability you have. And so it took a few moments, but I, I got it so I could get some, like, shots of the the accelerator going you know the numbers going up and down up to i think i got to a grand total of 12 miles an hour at one point Ooh. which is right under the 15 mile an hour top speed so yeah so it you know i'm, I'm i was a uh, I was just blazing through the uh <laughs> through
3: that's the pretty thing. impressive in a meeting room
0: yeah well i'm just i was gunning it that's what I <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah you know 15 mile an hour top speed it has like 12 miles of range um I weigh two, probably two twenty, and it seemed fine for, for, you know, sort of I, as a last mile vehicle. Like if you shoved this in the back of your car and you drove into town, you have to park at a garage and then your work is another half mile, mile, three miles away or for whatever reason um, you can hit on this and get on the ride in the bike lane, bike lane. If you're allowed to, um, some places let you, if you're, you know, that's why it has that 15 mile an hour top speed cruise to work. Carry it upstairs. It's forty-two pounds. Yeah. Um, Or oh, wait, hold on. I found it. Forty-one (laughs) point (laughs) three pounds. Not too heavy. They showed me like they're like oh, it's one way people carry it is they they put the pegs in, they put the seat down, and they turn the steering wheel. But they grab it and then they just walk it while it's rolling. They just roll it along.
3: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. So if you have especially if you have like a like a um, like an elevator in your work, then this is great because you just roll it up. It doesn't take up a lot of room. Plug your plug it into uh, plug you know plug it into the wall and, and do your business work. <laughs> it's I mean if if you like you know if you work at a coffee shop or whatever this is still smaller than bringing your bike in which some places are like well where are we gonna park your bike you know we're not a big shop and you know you, you get a lot of a lot of guff but this thing it's a it's a it's the size of a of a of a box for, I don't know, certainly a like- skinny
3: box at that.
0: Yeah. Like it's, it's a skinny box. You can fold it up and then just plug it in and it's out of everyone's way. And then of course, after work, everyone wants to ride your moto compacto because they're, <laughs> you know, they, now you're everyone's best friend. You're like the kid who got a pool in your neighborhood. Um, but yeah, it has a little bell it doesn't have a horn. It doesn't have turn signals, but you did a little, I did a little bell. So ding, ding So that's, you know, that's, that's nice.
1: How did the bell go? Ding, ding. Okay. Uh,
0: <laughs> but yeah, I like, right. Like it's, I, I for a thousand bucks, it feels like it's a pretty good deal <laughs> for uh, uh, if you're looking at like e-bikes, e-bikes are, can be very, very expensive. Oh, yeah. You can probably mm-hmm. get an e-bike for about this yeah. much. Um, but if you're, you know, if you're going to college and you can get one of those scooters where you stand up, you know, like the bird type scooters, um, or you can get something like this if you want to be really cool um so yeah i think i like the idea we have more of these like small little last mile or just get around school or just get from one place to you know another in the bike lane uh little devices i think that's that's great because you know sometimes you know if you if you take bart i could take this on bart i could take (laughs) this on the subway and you know get to my get to my life or you know you bring the bike on the the bart or on on the subway you know and some, some of them, some people are fine with, but if it's a busy day, people are not happy with you. <laughs> okay. I was in New York like a week ago and there was a person who was doing a food delivery and he brought his big old bike with the big old box on the back with the food in it is clunk right in the middle. And everyone's just like, oh,
3: take it. A so, kilogram. um, you know, <laughs> 995 is the list price and, you know, you buy these through Honda dealers. Um, unfortunately as is often the case these days oh no yeah,
0: are, you gonna, are you gonna break my are you gonna hurt my my, my feelings
3: with my I, I just I just looked on eBay and um there's one here that's listed for 12.95 um but most of these r- are running uh are listed between 1600 and two thousand dollars
0: come wow. on
3: <sighs> yeah that's I mean it this is a fun little vehicle but I don't know that it's worth two grand it's, it's 995 bucks it's, fine boom perfect two, price point. point
0: two, two grand's a bit too much no that's that's ridiculous you can yeah, get two yeah that's, you get you and
2: for a friend mm-hmm. and you guys
0: could start a gang
1: <laughs> a gang
0: <laughs> a, a compacto
2: gang. of compacto yeah,
0: gang. just cruising around low speed hassling the elderly or whatever gangs <laughs> used to do in motorcycles selling meth i guess uh, uh And then trying to get away from the cops. (laughs) Maybe don't start the Moto Compacto game. Maybe the Moto Compacto game is just you you cruise to the bakery and have a croissant, and then
3: (laughs) I think
2: that's better. I mean, I'm down for that game. Yeah, Yeah, I could do that game or
3: or a big cookie. You know,
0: yeah, or a big cookie, and you like you know you give money to you know you go you go volunteer at like the the senior center in your town. That's that's the Moto Compacto game. (laughs) Okay, or. (laughs)
3: <laughs> or, uh, you know, maybe maybe go volunteer at your local animal shelter and, you know, ride yeah. around with the dogs, you know, the dog yeah, I used a little walk, run
0: running around with some yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's funny because you're like, hey, I has storage. You can put a laptop in there. I'm like, I'm not going to put my laptop in there. <laughs> I just feel like is going to be slamming back and forth or yeah. I, I don't know well, I, I mean, I if just...
3: you if you have your laptop in one of those sleeves, you know, one of those like neoprene sleeves or something. I should be fine, I guess, but
0: I keep my, I have a backpack that I wear and it's, that's been working out for me for the last 20 years. So I think I'm, I I don't think I need to, an additional spice, but maybe if I'm, I guess I'm riding with two back, two laptops and I don't want the weight of extra three pounds, you know, (laughs) cramping my style. I can shove it in the Moto Compacto. Or have a bunch of records. Oh, I should have seen how many there records. I could,
3: if I could put a vinyl in
2: there. Yeah, that would yeah.
3: be perfect. Yeah, you get, could definitely fit some vinyl in there. And you know yeah. that would actually be more secure than sticking those records in your backpack. Yeah. yeah you, actually got, had, you, know, you got rigid sides on the, the Moto Compacto.
1: Yeah.
0: You can get like a little bag. You can get, you get your little, uh, the bag you use to go buy records. You can throw them in there. <laughs> yeah, you could, you could probably home. fit
3: about 10 albums in there.
0: Yeah, put them in. just put them in the bag. Keep them safe. Yep. There you go. I just <laughs> All went, right. All right. hey, buy, buy a Pato,
3: but don't but don't buy it on eBay.
0: Don't no. Oh, my God. Just if you have to wait, just wait. Yeah. It's a thousand bucks. You've gotten through life so far without it. Just, just <laughs> wait till the dealer has it.
3: Uh, all right. Well, I got home from uh, from Vegas uh, and picked up a Chrysler Pacifica plug in hybrid. The last Chrysler standing. This is currently the only vehicle built with a Chrysler badge. Um, now that the 300 is out of production as of a couple of weeks ago, um, so the Pacifica plug-in hybrid, you know, this is the the latest iteration of the classic Chrysler minivan, um, and you know the the minivan form factor is still, I I still think it's the best form factor for hauling a family around. Yeah, it's it's better than here. Better than here. An
2: SUV. It is. Um, You're right. It's
3: the best. Better better than an SUV. You got the sliding doors, so you don't have to worry about the kids, you know, opening up the back door and ding <laughs> the, the, the car next to you. Um, you got you know lots of room. Um, easy to, you know, if you gotta load kids into car seats, it's great for that. You know, I, I don't have that anymore. You know, mine are, are long since gone. Um, but a usable know. third row. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Um, so this one, the one that I've got here is the pinnacle. Which has those those really nice leather pillows,
1: <laughs> yeah, the the quilted wow.
3: leather pillows, um, got got all the goodies on there. Um, unfortunately, when I was driving it home from uh, the airport on Friday night, uh, I was not able to use adaptive cruise control because the the radar sensor kept getting clogged up with slow snow and slush. Um, and actually, as I was pulling out of the parking lot, the uh, the parking sensor kept beeping at me. Um, so once i got through the um the payment gate i had to uh, pull over and just get out and clear snow off the, the the sensors the parking the ultrasonic parking sensors on the front bumper uh cuz they you know it was causing them to think that there was something there that i was about to run into even though there wasn't anything there uh-huh.
1: uh
3: and i've i've had that problem before uh when you know, driving in vehicles in the snow um and that that is one of the the downsides of those parking sensors.
2: It happens all the time with every sensor in your car. It's like a Christmas tree of lights when you drive in the snow.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But you know, the, uh, the Pacifica hybrid, you know, is, you know, this, this is definitely the best version of the, well, it's the best version of the Pacifica. If you don't need all wheel drive, because with the gas Pacifica, you know, the gas, all Pacificas now have the only engine is the 3.6 liter Pentastar V6, which is great engine. But you can only get all-wheel drive on the regular gas version. Uh, you cannot get it on the plug-in hybrid. Um, and don't you also lose the
2: stow-and-go seats?
3: You also lose the second row stow-and-go seats. Yeah. So the third row the seats, third they stow the stow-and-go. Yeah. But the, the compartment under the floor where the stow-and-go seats would usually be stowed, um, is where the battery is now, so you can't obviously can't drop the seats down in there because there's well, a battery. You can't uh,
0: stow and go. You can take them out though. I've done that before when this first came out. Yes, I took them yes, out. Yes, you can. You can remove them.
2: Are they hard you, to take out? I've never yeah. taken them out. Were they a pain in the butt?
0: They're 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 a pain in the butt. Yeah, um, I think taking out any seat is kind of a pain, just because they're big yeah. and bulky.
3: And yeah, and no, 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 more so than they ever were before. There was stow and go, but yeah, you know that that was still a pain in the butt. Pat. Yeah, yeah, no matter what, it's a pain in the butt um although you know this one the 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 pinnacle trim level you know the highest end trim level um it does have the second row captain's chairs so you're not taking out a full bench um you have individual seats so they're a little easier to manipulate um one nice thing about having the plug-in hybrid uh over the past several days it has gotten quite cold here in Michigan uh it was minus 5 this morning um Ooh. and um yesterday uh, you know, my wife wanted to go to the gym and, uh, so I offered to to give her a ride over there and I had gone out in the car and I had set the schedule, the preconditioning schedule while the car, while the Pacific was plugged in. And so when we got in the car, the cabin was all nice and warm. Didn't have to wait for it to heat up. Um, so that is, that is one of the nice things about plug-in hybrids and battery electric vehicles is you can do that preconditioning. You can go and set a schedule, tell it what time you want to leave, Set the temperature where you want it. And then while it's still plugged in to the to the outlet, it will just automatically turn on the heat and start warming up the cabin so that it's at your desired temperature at the time that you want to leave. Uh, so that was a very handy feature. Um, you know, the, the Pacifica, you know, it's been around for a while now and it's more or less in its current form. Uh, one of the nice things that uh, they've done on the uh, the Chrysler on the Stellantis spec sheets now is in the general information section at the top, it tells you you know the vehicle type in this case multi-purpose vehicle not a minivan it's a multi-purpose vehicle, <laughs> uh, assembly plant Windsor Ontario um, and then they also have the introduction date. Uh, which you don't often find on these oh. kinds of spec sheets so this was introduced in 2016 as a 2017 model so that means this thing is almost eight years old now Wow! but it's it's still a good looking vehicle you know they did a mid-cycle refresh a few years back you know updated the the front fascia to nominally make it a little look a little more like a crossover but not really um but you know it's still still an attractive vehicle uh you know for for what it is for you know a minivan form factor um and uh with the the plug-in hybrid you get 260 horsepower um and uh you yeah, know it's got it's got more than enough performance for this type of vehicle you know it's not a not a sports car by any stretch of the imagination uh but it's it's more than adequate And, you know, it's it's pretty close to the same, almost the same as what you get with the gas engine, but uh, a little more torque than the gas engine. And it's rated at, uh, I think it's 32 miles of electric range. Um, I haven't had a chance to do a range test yet because it has been very cold. Um, (laughs) And so I'm guessing, you know, the electric range, you know, in these conditions would probably be somewhere around maybe 20 miles. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in decent weather, it'll go, it'll easily go over 30 miles on a charge, which means that most of the time, you know, if you plug this thing in every night, when you come home, it'll be fully charged in the morning. And for most people, you know, most, the vast majority of people, 80% of people drive less than 40 miles a day. You're going to be able to do pretty much almost all of your, your daily driving without using any gas in this thing. And then when it's time to take a road trip to, uh, you know, to Disney World or to visit grandma and grandpa or wherever it is, you know, that people do road trips with their kids to, you just keep driving. And then once it runs out, once it depletes the battery, it behaves just like any other hybrid and still gets decent fuel economy. Um, It is rated at, uh, let's see, 30 miles per gallon uh, combined, uh, which is quite acceptable uh, for a minivan. I mean, these things, you know, the gas version I think is rated about 21 or 22. So that's a significant boost. And, you know, if you are doing most of your driving on electricity, you know, the average of what you're actually going to be, um, you you know, spending in terms of gas anyway, is going to be significantly more than that. So, you know, I like the Pacifica. Um, it's the only minivan with a plug-in hybrid right now, um toyota the toyota sienna is hybrid only now the current generation sienna but no plug-in they don't have a sienna prime yet um although it wouldn't surprise me if in the next year or two they offer one but uh for now they they don't have that uh so you get you had your choice of gas v6 in the uh in the uh kid uh what do you call the carnival now you got the sienna with just a regular hybrid. And you have the Pacifica with either hybrid or plug-in hybrid as your three minivan choices in the marketplace today. Um, The only downside of this is the price. Base price on the Pacifica, or well, actually the Pinnacle, uh, the only option on this was $195 for the granite crystal metallic clear coat paint. Everything else is standard on this thing, which is good uh, because it should be standard at $61,785. That's a lot of money for a minivan. Jeez. Well, it's just the regular Pacifica. The base entry is like 51, 52. Something. Uh, no, I think they start around a little under 40 for the regular gas Pacifica. Not well, not the gas. I'm talking about the hybrid. Yeah. Oh, I think you can get the hybrid for mid forties uh, for the, the lower trim levels. Um, Chrysler.
0: Pacifica. For, for some
3: reason, the Chrysler website is not loading at the moment for me. Oh, come on, Chrysler. Get together. You only got, you're only selling <laughs> one car. Come on. site site can't you be got reached.
2: you one car to have.
1: Just one. <laughs>
0: All right. I got it. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Loading. Things are loading. Let's see. Uh, that that build-in price. Wait for it. Wait for it. 2023. Yeah, the Touring now is $51,095. Oof.
3: Is that the, the cheapest uh plug in hybrid version? That's the cheapest plug in oh, hybrid. Okay. Because wow. they had introduced a, a lower trim level of the, the PHEV a couple of years okay. ago, but they must have discontinued it.
0: Oh, for twenty twenty four the price starts at
3: fifty three. Ooh. Fifty three, four twenty five. Oh. But you can you can get a tax credit on this because it has a sixteen one oh, yeah, hour battery. You get the seventy five hundred bucks. Yeah, this is well, one that
2: is of the... That's cheap. Then it's a bargain the, now. You get the this whole is,
3: shebang. Yeah, this is one of the few vehicles still eligible for tax credits because it's built in North America. <laughs> one of all three of them. <laughs> an, as has a North American built battery. Uh, so, yeah, so that's the Chrysler Pacifica Hybrid Pinnacle. I like that Chrysler Pacifica Hybrid. I like yeah. that Pacifica. I've driven it a bunch. Of,
0: I've driven it a bunch. I've, I've, I've been able – I drove it a long time ago for a video. I've, done, I've driven it. I've gotten it in the – when I rent cars, I've gotten it a few times fantastic mm-hmm. or should I say it's fantastic,
2: fantastic. Oh.
3: thank you I'm here all week people <laughs> all week uh did you know you can support wheel bearings directly head to patreon.com wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you and exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity so if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other Head to patreon.com slash wheel media. All right, let's talk about CES. Um, so one of the topics that kept popping up all over the place at CES this week, not just for automotive, but for everything was AI. <laughs> and of course, automotive had to get in on that. Um, and the, the first press conference of the day on Monday morning was Volkswagen, where they announced that now get chat GPT in your Volkswagen if you're in Europe and driving any of the electrics or the new golf or, uh, the Tiguan, the new Tiguan, I think. Um,
2: so how, why, how is that going to make your life better?
3: So I got a demo, uh, from them. Uh, so they, they, for their standard voice recognition system, they use a company called Serence, uh, Serence used to be part of nuance, uh, couple of years back, Nuance, which has been long, the longtime leader in, in voice recognition systems for all kinds of applications, spun off their automotive division as Serence. So Serence supplies the voice recognition for um, Volkswagen and a lot of other automakers. And um, we've talked before about uh, voice recognition in Volkswagens mm-hmm. um, and basically how miserable it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it has a it generally has a really hard time recognizing what you're asking for. Uh but uh, uh in this case what they've done is they've added a connection from the voice recognition system to um to ChatGPT. So the the version of the voice rec- most the voice recognition systems I've tried in VWs up until now were the older type that the whole system was embedded in the vehicle. So it just used Uh, whatever they could fit into the computer in the car to do that, which means you had limited uh, vocabulary capabilities. Um, You know, you had to give it very specific commands to get what you wanted. uh, And then it often still didn't recognize what you were looking for, especially if you're looking for a point of interest. Um, The, uh, the, the new version that, uh, that Serence has is their, Um, Their chat pro system, which is a hybrid system, which has a component that sits in the vehicle, but also uses the vehicle connectivity to do voice recognition in the cloud. That system works better, but it still has a limited, you know, it's, it's not as limited, but it still has a limited vocabulary. So what happens is when you say, Hey, Ida, Ida is the name of the voice assistant that they, that's what they call it in European VWs. And you say, Hey, Ida. Um, and you ask it for something. If what you ask it for matches one of the commands that the siren system understands, then it just processes it locally, no problem at all, just as it always has. But if you ask it for something that it that the system doesn't know how to process, then it sends that to Chat GPT, and Chat GPT reformats it into a command that the system can recognize, and sends yeah. that back to the system, and then it processes it locally. So. An example that they did in the demo, and the, there's a link in the show notes to uh, to the video uh, of this demo. the The example one ex, one of the examples they gave was, "Hey Ida, find uh, Italian restaurants nearby," and so it just processed that fine and and said, you know, it gave me give up a, a popped up a list of Italian restaurants in the nav system. Then she then uh, the person from Serent said, "Hey Ida." I'm in the mood for Ital- or I'm in the mood for pasta. And so it sent that I'm in the mood for pasta to ChatGPT which reformatted that into find Italian restaurants nearby. It interpreted that as you want Italian food and you probably want an Italian restaurant. And sends that back and then it came up with the same list. So what it's doing is it's enabling more natural language processing. Okay. Which is a good thing. Um, uh, it can also answer general information questions and and queries and do things like the example they gave during the press conference. And then also during this demo was tell me a story about dinosaurs. (laughs) And so chat GPT makes up a story about dinosaurs, which is fine. You know, I mean, if you're trying to entertain the kids, you
1: know,
3: or dinosaur aficionados, yes. Dinosaur aficionados. Although there's no guarantee that, you know, the stuff in the story is going to be factual. So, you know, It's going to hallucinate the, the the fun word for lie. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
3: (laughs) Um, and the, the other thing I asked, you know, was, you know, because, because of the hallucination problem that these things have, you know, if it's something like, tell me a story about dinosaurs, it doesn't matter if it makes something up because it's, it's it's all made up anyway, because dinosaurs never existed. Right. There's no dinosaurs. (laughs) It was a hoax. They only Um, existed when people were around like the Flintstones. Yeah, Exactly. Meet the Flintstones, <laughs> but uh, you know, if if you ask it for certain controversial topics, for example, certain political things about things that may be happening in the world, it does have filters in there. So anything like that, it will just say, "I'm sorry, I can't answer that question." You can't ask it about sex either. No, you can't. You can't ask it about that either. <laughs> uh, we so, so there, you know, there there are limitations. Yeah, you know, so they're trying to make sure that you know, where, where what you're looking for is factual information, it will give you factual information. So it's not going to make up uh, a list of restaurants. And that's why, you know, like the, you know, for, you know, asking navigation, you know, to provide more natural language processing for the navigation, it, you know, it's actually doing that processing locally. So all it's doing is reformatting your query and then sending that back and then searching the the point of interest database in your navigation system. So, as long as that is up to date, that's what you're going to get.
2: Okay. That kind of all makes sense. At first, I was sort of like, why would you need ChatGPT for this? Like, how would I got this it, help? But
0: I got to tell me about SAE International.
2: Did oh, you yeah. do get,
1: a
0: good job? It, yeah, I did a good job. It gave us the, like the whole spiel. You <laughs> just kept going and going. I'm like, all right, well, I got it. I got it. I got it.
1: <laughs> so, yeah.
0: So I you know I I had, I played with it for a few minutes and then I had the same sort of demo that that uh that Sam had. And um yeah, you know, if it if it you know uh, if you need better uh voice recognition in your car, then you and and you can't do it, uh find a partner that can. Siren's can do it and if you can I don't know get it to say you know, make up stories about dinosaurs, apparently you can do that as well. <laughs>
3: And and VW wasn't the only one with uh language models in their uh in, integrated into cars. BMW announced a partnership with Amazon, so they're using Amazon's large language model. And Mercedes showed the, the CLA concept that they had in Munich. Um and uh they talked, you know, they gave some more details on that thing. Um, and that's also using a large language model. Uh, but that one was developed with NVIDIA, uh, which is providing a lot of the computing power for the next generation of Mercedes EVs uh, that includes the, the new CLA. Um, and that uh, – so those – the production model is based on that. That's based on the new Mercedes modular architecture. So that's their next generation EVs. Those are coming out next year, and that's going to have a large language model built into it as part of the voice assistant and a whole bunch of other interesting stuff.
0: I like that it's MMA – so then people are going to be like, oh, I, I want to see how the SEO works on that.
1: <laughs> how
2: confused it becomes.
0: Yeah. But uh, that CLA looks really nice in person. It's, yeah. I
3: think. It's a sharp looking car. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the the EQ lineup is the SUVs look fine, but the, the sedans are questionable. Lobby. questionable. Blobby. <laughs> Blobby, I think is the word. I think the EQE looks better than the EQS. Blobby? Blobby
2: but like blobby blob, is like the blob. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they
0: do. They do look, they do They look very blobby. blobby and it's funny because you look at the CLA and you look at the, in the EQE, was it the EQE right yeah. next to it? Anyway, one of them, the EQE was, was was next to it and you can see sort of the resemblance, but it's like when you go to, go to high school and there's like a, like a, like two brothers or two sisters or a brother and a sister and one of them's like super hot and the other one's just okay. And mm. there's like, well, I can see the resemblance, but one of you, <laughs> <laughs> Clearly got a little extra something in the womb. I don't know what it, it is. Was not
2: the cars. Not the yeah. Yeah. Oh. of you
0: got? The little extra something, something.
3: And I, I like the uh, the three pointed the Mercedes star in the lights, uh, in the headlights and the tail lights. Yeah, I think that's a a fun little touch. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's pretty dope. Yeah. It makes you feel. I
0: remember you know, that used to be a $500. You know, that's if you drive around, you ever see a, a, a you know, a Mercedes with the stars lit up. That's $500. Just <laughs> that's to a have five. Your star light up, that's right? a $500 option, and now I can get an e- ID4 with <laughs> the exact same thing, and I feel like people are with with those Mercedes for like years, or like, look at me, look how cool I am, and then like the Volks, like you know, the the Here boring Volks.
2: Volkswagen. Yeah,
0: <laughs> the little boring ID4, which again, it was built to be boring. It's just you know, that's not it, that's not slight against the ID4. It's uh, it's just built to be boring, <laughs> a boring SUV. It's achieved
2: its purpose. <laughs> it's
0: achieved its purpose. Um, has the same thing. Yeah. You're like oh oh. <laughs> uh. All
3: right, well let's let's go back to Honda now. Uh, Honda. Yeah, you know, and as as has often been said over the last decade, you know CES is now perhaps the most important auto show in the world, and there's not not as there's not as many automakers at this show this year as there have been at some of the recent auto shows in at least in europe and in japan you know munich and tokyo there were more automakers than there were uh at ces but um there were certainly some more interesting cars being shown at ces than there were at the detroit auto show last september Um, and among those were the new honda series zero concepts you you want to tell us about those robbie So, okay,
0: so the one of them is a saloon, which is a fancy word for awesome uh, uh, station wagon. And the other is a van. Now, if you've listened to the show for more than five minutes, you know that I love vans and station wagons. (laughs) So I saw the pictures of them on, you know, they sent out uh, photos and I was like, okay, these look fine, you know, whatever. And then I went to, they look so much better in real life so much better and and the uh, the saloon looks like a, a little bit like a kuntosh and like the, the best way possible not like kuntosh engineering kuntosh design because uh, <laughs> kuntosh engineering is not, not something you want to strive for um, but uh no they look they look really cool I went I went over to the to the uh, to the booth and the booth you could not tell it was the Honda booth for whatever reason uh, and it hey. was just a bunch of people around some stuff so I didn't
3: have the budget for signs
0: yeah, they were, they spent all their money on giant screens and cool concepts. Um, but you you walk over there and it's just like so many people around it. It's like a like a club that you're like, well, what's what kind of club is this? And you walk over and you're like, oh, these these, these are here. So I took some photos. And I looked at it, and yeah, I'm a big fan. Both of them look great. I mean, obviously, neither of them are going to come out looking like this. Um, well,
3: well, the 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 van, which is called the Space Hub, uh, apparently isn't coming out at all. At least not in North America. Um, uh, Of course not. But the the saloon. America. Jessica Feeney from Honda told me that this, and and Chris Martin also told me the same thing. The saloon is actually the first Series Zero production model in 2026 is actually supposed to carry over a lot of the design features of the saloon. So not quite, but mostly. Yeah, is that Let's
2: wackadoodle see. grill gonna stay or lack thereof? It looks like a giant. It makes me okay. It makes me think of the front of a dustbuster.
0: Yes, <gasps> it hoovers <laughs> up. It hoovers up the bad things in your life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure. I like that.
0: <laughs> it, it it does look better in person than it does. It does it is. looks really cool I'll in person? In both, person, I was like, oh, this looks cool. Like, yeah, in but in this it,
2: picture, it's, it's a dustbuster mobile.
0: It does kind of look yep. like a dustbuster, or or yeah, you just grab it by the little handle, clean up. Right, it, it's gonna clean small, everything up. small
3: oopsies. You know, Thanks. the cat knocks over a plant or something. It, the other thing that surprised me about the saloon is how big it is. I mean, it's very is, big. this is a large car. Um, you know, it's fairly low, but it's very long. Uh, you know, it's bigger than any production sedan that Honda's ever built by a fairly wide margin. Um, it's, it's pretty dope. Yeah,
2: it's pretty dope. That's your <laughs> word of the episode. It's like second or third time. You it's said
0: dope. dope. You know what? Because I went to, I went to go buy an album this week and they didn't have it and so i ended up buying something else but the album i went to buy was mf doom and for some reason do mf doom just makes me want to use the word dope okay. i don't know why uh, but i got boy genius which is completely the same thing uh music people in the the podcast are now yelling at their 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 speakers are like that's not the same thing at all <laughs> <laughs> so r.i.p r.i.p mf doom by the way
3: uh. r.i.p so the yeah, so the Sir- series zero is the branding that they're going to use on their next generation of EVs, and yeah, it sounds like the the Prologue and the the ZDX, Acura ZDX, are going to be one and done models for Honda's partnership with uh, with GM on EVs. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Kind of kind of like when they partnered with uh, Isuzu for SUVs in the nineteen nineties. Oh, the Rodeo. Yeah,
0: (laughs) the rodeo.
1: Uh
3: Yeah, Well, that was that was the Isuzu version. And the 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 the, the Honda version was the original Passport. So the the original Honda Passport was just a rebadged Isuzu rodeo. Um, And, you know, then they they did that. I think they actually did two generations of that. But then they brought out the Honda Pilot and it's been all pure Honda SUVs ever since that. Um, and, would... and, and the same thing is true here with the prologue and the ZDX, you know, they, they wanted to get some, some kind of EVs on the road. Um, and, but then they're developing their own EV platform. And that's, that's, what's the basis of, of these two concepts.
0: When I went to meet with Honda and their CEO and their head of electrification in Japan in October of 2022. They were very much like we're doing this one thing, but now we're going, we're, we're going for it. We're, we're we're all in on EVs, so they seem very excited. And I felt that was, a, i you know, you know, Honda's not clearly they're later than other people, but I think I've said before it's a marathon, not a sprint, when it comes to EVs. It's, it's yep. you know, Honda's going to come in. They're going to do that Honda thing, hopefully, and people are going to be very excited. A lot of people send me messages. Why doesn't Honda have an EV? Like, like it's my fault. <laughs>
2: yeah, work on that, would you, Robbie?
0: <laughs> I'm like, well, they just—I don't know—they're just slow to it. They're working with GM. They're like, I want a Honda Civic electric. I want a Honda Accord that's electric. That's all I want. I'm like, okay, I'll—I'll I'll tell them, I guess.
3: <laughs> I would, I would, I would love to have an
0: electric Civic. Yeah, I'll I'll tell them. I guess it's it's on me. I'm sorry.
2: Hey, come on, step up. I apologize all would an electric Civic. Make it happen, Robbie. <laughs>
0: yeah. I apologize to the the fans of VTEC that I have not made, <laughs> made a big enough stink. Our, every our time Civ- I talk
3: to someone from Honda, our our Civic is seven years old. You know, it's going to be time oh. to replace it in a couple of years. Right. You know, we, we want an so? electric Civic.
0: I think you got wait seven years old. You got another eight years, so you got a good fifteen years on that thing. And anyway, I just rode, I just rode a electric Honda when I drove the Moto Compacto. That, that is true. So, so I get <laughs> off my <laughs> case. So there technically, I rode the first modern. Somehow, well, somehow there was a the clarity, but the clarity yeah.
3: was the clarity. Yeah. I I don't I don't think my wife wants to uh, ride a ride a motor the to <laughs> you uh, get to, to the gym or it'd to uh, be great uh, in the Whole weather foods. we've got
2: going on right now. Yeah. Right? What is it, seven you said there or something? Yeah, be perfect weather for it. Uh,
0: is yeah. it seven or negative seven? That's a big difference. Well, it was it was, <laughs> it was almost negative seven this morning. Okay, oh, so course. that's minus be, five.
3: That's a tough uh, ride to the gym. Yeah, it, it got up to a high of seven.
1: <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo!
3: And I, and I don't think that, you know, that with the ice and, you know, packed snow and stuff on the roads, I don't think the Moto Compacto would do very well on this stuff.
2: It <laughs> would have a little trouble.
3: <laughs> it, it would be challenged.
0: Yeah. Uh, to say the yeah, least. Yeah. It's got small tires, and those tires definitely are not made for snow. They're not, they're not, they're not blizzaks. They don't have no. like teeny they're tiny like blizzaks. You know, I'm yeah. going to see Bridgestone in a few weeks. I will ask them if they can make teeny tiny blizzaks for the road. <laughs> they're like, what are you talking about? You're like, wait, 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 hold You want us to make okay you want three inch four inch tires for a thousand people
1: <laughs> uh, i'm like yeah
0: yeah not everyone's gonna need them just the people who bought a moto compacto who want to ride in the snow so really five people okay <laughs> sam his wife and three other crazy people like austin <laughs> yeah
3: like austin yeah, there's Mike. three people yeah sorry. I mean, get, you got a market it's worth it the, the engineering effort is worth it the engine yeah all of that is worth it yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right um so lidar, um, there was a surprising number of lidar announcements at pew, CES. Pew, pew. That's a lot. Um, that's the sound lidar makes. So you didn't yeah. know that if you <laughs> have, have, have either of you ever seen lidar on a car on a production car. A
0: production car? Okay, wait, hold well, on. Well, so you have,
3: Robbie. I have. Yeah, that's but that's that. I'm yeah. Uh, okay.
2: I don't think so.
3: Because you know the the Lucid Air has has a lidar sensor on it. Yeah, uh, I guess like I have then. Yeah. You okay. Go. Yeah. And it's from it's from a company, a Chinese company called RoboSense. Um, and RoboSense and Hisai are the two largest manufacturers of lidar in the world. Um, can you guess how many cars are expected to be sold in China this year with lidar on them?
0: Oh, gosh. wait, wait, wait. Are we talking about models? Are the
3: like total amount uh, to- of cars? Total total unit volume. How many how oh, many gosh. vehicles will be sold in China this year with lidar? One point five million. Nicole. I have
2: to pick a number. Oh my gosh. Is this like, the, uh, um, 1.4 million.
3: They're projecting 2 million cars with light in China.
2: Yeah. Wow. And, 2 million. And, and,
3: and RoboSense and his are both shipping about 50,000 lidar sensors a month now, hmm. um, which is, you know, way more than anybody else. That's uh, that's amazing. Um, and they have new sensors that they introduced, um, at, uh, at CES that are high performance LIDARs that are uh, for, so for the Chinese market where they generally tend to drive lower speeds than we do here, um, you know, they don't necessarily need as long range. They don't need LIDAR sensors with three, 400 meters of range. Uh, because, you know, if you're not going that fast, you know, 150, 200 meter LIDAR sensor is fine. Um. But uh, they they both launched th- uh, 300 meter lidar sensors uh, the last week that are going to be priced at about 500 bucks. And it wasn't that long ago that lidar sensors with that kind of range would cost many thousands of dollars. Wow. And and even um, even the uh, like the Luminar Iris lidar that Mercedes is using and Volvo is using. Um, those, you know, those are close to a thousand bucks for those. Uh, so the, 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 Chinese LIDAR companies are getting really aggressive and both companies are also looking at adding production capacity outside of China, like in North America or, or, you know, somewhere else close by, um, to target these markets here. So, you know, if they can, if they can sell LIDAR sensors with 300 meter range at 500 bucks or less, um, that's yeah you know, that's a big deal yeah you're gonna start seeing a lot of lidar showing mm-hmm. up on cars and get
0: one on my yeah. moto compacto yeah for no reason <laughs>
2: with it with that and your blizzax blizz-
0: yeah, i'm gonna I've, get I've the got- moto comp- i'm gonna have the best moto compacto
3: i've i've got just the lidar sensor for you robbie the <laughs> um the preact um uh, uh, yeah preact technologies um uh Mojave I've I've got one upstairs on my desk that they sent ah! me to try out it's it's a little um it's actually designed for um like uh, stationary applications you know for use in like hospitals and stuff you know to track patients you know if pa- if patients you know fall out of uh fall out of the bed or you know if they fall down go into the bathroom things like that you know so they they can use the lidar to to see where the patient's moving around but you know you still have privacy because it's not a regular camera, uh-huh. um, and uh, so you know it's a relatively shorter range lidar, but it'd be perfect to slap onto Velcro that onto the front of a Moto Compacto. <laughs>
1: and this is aw-
3: tied into your brake system. I feel like this. I need one of these for the band
0: because when you if you put if we put a lidar in front, like for the for the Daft Punk thing that we're yeah. doing next month, we put a lidar. I've been looking for a cheap lidar. I put it on top of something, and then we show video of people dancing with lidar on them. Like the, yeah. uh, like the Radiohead video from like the early two thousands. So I'm ripping off Radiohead from like 20 years ago.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'm, I'm playing around with this one right now, but maybe when I'm done with it, I, I can send it to you and, uh, you can try it out that way.
0: Yeah, that'd be yeah. awesome.
3: Yeah. All right. Um, and then, uh, Luminar that I mentioned, you know, they're, they're kind of the, the leader in LIDAR in uh, in North America uh, among American LIDAR companies now, um, they um, they're launching, you know, they they've had their first LIDAR sensor in production on uh, a car in China, the SAIC R7 uh, since uh, late 2022. Uh, but it's launching in the next few months on the Polestar 3 and on the uh, Volvo EX90 and the next year on the, the Mercedes uh, CLA uh, and other MMA models. Um uh, they they've been doing it for the last couple of years at CES they've been and other sh- other events they've been doing these demos where um, they have their uh, they have their uh, the lidar on their test vehicle um, running side by side with a Tesla and having uh, little mannequins of uh, children child sized mannequins that run out in front of the car and using that for automatic em- to demonstrate automatic emergency braking. And inevitably, you know, they they do this at like thirty-five miles an hour. Inevitably the um the luminar equipped car, you know, detects the child and comes to a stop without hitting the child, and the Tesla runs right over the child without even slowing down. Um oh children. <laughs> yeah. Um and this year they upgraded their demo. And what they did was they they've added in not just the automatic emergency braking, but automatic steering. So now oh. it actually does a steering maneuver. And so the they have a, a shorter distance before the, the child runs out from behind a car. Um, and so, you know, it's not enough time for it to stop, but it automatically steers and does an evasive maneuver and then uh, comes to a stop because there's uh, a little mini spare tire laying on the pavement in front of it. Um, and they're able to detect all this with the LiDAR. So it's a pretty good demo. Um, there's, I'll have a a link in the, um, um, in the show notes to, um, a video from some, uh, TV reporter who got really exceptionally excited by the demo, but you can still (laughs) get an idea of the demo
0: except uh, I've never been in a car. Uh, anyway, I've never felt more alive.
3: (laughs) So, um, both of you have, uh, have EV chargers at home, right? yeah yes and do do you have like a wall box i do have a wall
0: box that we 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 plug it into and it just sits there or or my wife just sort of hangs it on (laughs) the little (laughs) thing she doesn't plug it in all the time she's like i gotta get to work
2: (laughs) yeah we ours is hardwired into our garage ours is
0: uh ours we have a we plug ours into a uh uh, NEMA plug in that's on the outside of our house and it goes through a fence and then boop there's our our charger on the fence.
3: So um I also have one that's it's actually just inside the garage door and when I'm using it I just pull the cord outside under the garage door to plug in whatever's parked outside. Um the uh Eaton uh, is a company that's been around for a long time to make all kinds of stuff. It's until relatively recently it's been mostly mechanical stuff, but in the last few years they've got into making charging equipment. And um, I got I uh, got to walk around with uh, with their engineers, and they showed me their latest thing, which is um, their uh, EV charging smart breakers. Um, so basically, this is a little miniature EV charger. It's essentially looks like a a, a double breaker, um, but you know, like you would put use for a two forty volt circuit. Yeah, and you plug it right into your your uh, your panel, and then all you need to do is run a wire out with uh, from the panel out to the uh, to with the charge connector on the end of it, and plug in your car. So you or, or you can have a junction box or just an outlet in your garage, you know, to, to plug in, you know, whatever cord you got with your car. Um, and so this, this little double breaker style adaptant thing that you put into your electrical panel has all of the, the connectivity stuff to talk to the car, talk to your network, um, you know, to, to manage the charging as well as the charging circuit itself for a 240 volt charging circuit. Um, and, you can you can get these for for residential use, but you know their real target market for this is like parking garages and you know apartment buildings, things like that where they can just have an electrical panel there in the garage, put you know ten or twelve of these things in there and just run run the cable through it run a conduit oh. with the with the outlets and not have to install all these wall boxes in the or pedestals in a parking garage. You know, makes it a lot easier, a lot cheaper to do that. But pretty, pretty cool little design that they have. Yeah. I mean, cause you just, oh wait, there's an app too. Yeah.
1: There's an Is app the app that. worth it?
0: Oh, I didn't even think there was an app. I was like, yeah, oh, for, you just set the, you just set the, uh, the, the scheduling through the car itself. Cause all the EVs. You yeah. Can you can,
3: you can schedule it through the car or you can use the app to schedule it.
0: Oh, that's great. Cause sometimes I have cool. people, you know, someone visits and they have a he have or an EV, and we just plug it in they're like well it's not going to charge until you know midnight so and they're like oh that's fine whatever
3: yeah or i mean you can also use it you know to to monitor you know charging you know use the app to monitor charging so you know if the car gets unplugged or something like that or um you know if if it's if it's in a public location you know if if they want to charge for um (laughs) charge if they want to charge you money for charging um you know you can do that uh through that as well
0: Yeah, they got an open API port platform. Man, this is pretty dope. Yeah. Dope. Uh, That's uh the everyone drink. (laughs) Awesome. This is
3: awesome. That's really
2: very cool.
3: There we go. That's another word we could use. Cool. Rad. Rad. So easier installation, you know, less less cluttered. Yeah. You know, this big giant thing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I had a bunch of chargers in and some of them were so bright. I would go out and I'm like, oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> like my whole driveway, like all three cars would be like this big green or blue light just whole <laughs> on everything. I'm like, the neighbors are going to have to like find this annoying. Right. I mean, yeah. it was you know, obviously no one lives <laughs> in my driveway,
1: like, right. but
3: it just seems like, OK, <laughs> this is bright. Uh, so uh, flying cars. When are we getting our flying cars? Never, Never. cuz cars are not a if cars are cars helicopters
0: or quads are or whatever, you know, flying machines are flying machines. Yes. Stop trying to make flying cars a thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cuz it's just like the jack of all trades for the master of none. If a flying car is always A bad at driving and B bad at flying, and the second one is not something you want to be bad at. Yeah.
3: <laughs> true, very true. So what do you think about the Shaopong uh, Aero HT? I just, I mean, is I didn't, that how
2: you say it? I literally was looking like, like Xiaopong? Is that how you yeah. say that? Xiaopong. You guys, it doesn't look like that at all, spelling wise. I had no idea how to pronounce the name it, of this. It's spelled X P
3: E N G, but it's it's Xiaopong. Xiao um it's, So, what I, do you think of the R-O-H-T? I looked I looked
0: at it and then I car. walked away because I didn't understand. I didn't see the point. I, it's, it's, every Did time they I, I see these things, one there?
3: yeah, well, they they had. A I mean, physical, they had a they had a fake, physical thing on the understand. On yeah, know. they. I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's not actually functional. No, uh, because I think they're saying you know they expect to have first flights later this year. Yeah. Man, man. Um. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but I mean, th- this is this is a nominally a car that has you know four things that that fold back into into the back of the car. You know, rotors fold up, four arms that fold back into the back. You know, when you want to use it to fly, you know, they fold out to the sides. Um, so it's not like you could be sitting in traffic and decide, you know, I don't want to be in this traffic jam. <laughs> I'm going to take <laughs> off. There, there's no room, you know, because these things go up, you know, several meters on either it side. It
2: requires a runway of some kind, right? Or, no,
3: right? it doesn't require so, a runway. I mean, it's, it it's vertical like takeoff turn? and landing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, <sighs> Well, it's just From a, a really drone It's
2: lot. a
0: It's a car with a drone shoved on top of it is what it is.
3: A very large drone. And it doesn't make, <laughs> and, I just and don't understand. Is, this thing is very long, but it's a two seater. Yeah. So it's really not very practical.
0: It's, it doesn't make, what, why, 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 why Why it's, not? Why I guess, I <laughs> guess, I don't know. You because still they have can, to,
3: maybe, or, the thing well, was, well, maybe they can. We don't know because they haven't actually flown it yet. The you got problem a lot of with, cool videos the problem with
0: with the flies well the united states i don't know what's going on i don't know how it works in in other countries because i don't live there but at the F, I you know i talked to the faa like years ago about this sort of thing and they're just like oh they still have to follow the rules so they yeah. still have to get you know they start to become pilots they start to become you know you start to be <laughs> certified i talked to uh you know this the you know the yeah, supernal supernal um i just want to call him supernal uh hyundai's uh flying <laughs> machine um, and they were like, I'm like, what about pilots? They're like, well, we're, we want pilots. And then they have to take like, they have to get a, you know, we're, we're looking at probably having a certification in addition to already having a, 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 uh, you know, a pilot's <laughs> license. <laughs> so do you want people who are just like, Hey, I got my car. Now I'm going to fly around and.
2: No, no I don't no. want that. No, one,
0: yeah, that's it's, it's it, I don't know. It's just something everyone comes out with. It's always sort of a weird, it never really makes sense. Like, if you're going to drive somewhere, you drive. If you're going to fly somewhere, you get a flying machine. That's, that's it. That's that's the thing. You, you don't need both. Even the cars that float, no one ever really got into those. <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, what was that one called? They, they have they, those in a The Amphicar. A in, they have yeah. those at Disney World. You can, like, ride in them. You pay, I don't know, 80 bucks, and you can all ride in Oh, yeah, in the, the, giant, the rubber
0: duckies or whatever they call. They always yeah. have them, and, like, cities have them.
2: No, not but, it's literally amphicars. Like they yeah. literally have them at Disney oh, World. Oh, those little the little ones? Disney Springs. They have they, yeah, oh. I think you can fit 4 people in them? 4? Yeah, oh, they hard. were
3: built back in the in the 60s, I think, 50s or 60s. Yeah. And you can actually
2: go for a ride in one cuz yeah. I did cuz I had oh, did to. You? I was like, "Oh, well, I got to ride in this." Oh, yeah, we have
0: Just to legally. Out. Like, like if there was legally, one here legally, I would be like,
2: right, as, a, right. as an
3: automotive journalist. It is you your can't responsibility just walk by
2: that. Yeah, it's you your you responsibility. By, you're like, hold up, everybody. We need to go ride this little thing and pay or whatever. It, there was some fee for it. And they take you out there. A guy wears a little captain's hat.
0: Oh, you don't need <laughs> to drive it. Oh, boo.
2: You don't know because it's like on a an open well, lake it's an open, it's like a lake and you could probably ruin them in their old body
3: of new. water they're
2: really old would you say sam when were I, they around was it
3: the 60s um i think they were built in the 60s yeah
0: yet they didn't catch on how weird
3: yeah because you can just get a car i mean it's, it's a, a convertible you know what what could go wrong
2: I mean, they look kind of cool They <laughs> roll they, they roll right out of <laughs> were, the water
0: you know the first one when they rode it into the water just rolled <laughs> they,
3: they, they were built between 1960 and 65 uh okay. 3,878 of them were built
0: all right there you go uh, so did not take off as much as uh they thought they would but no, disney but I, bought some
2: well i read a story on them i had read a story years ago on those and like there's like a little like get together people who collect them like a uh, specifically for that oh yeah they, what, they show up at um, car
3: shows and stuff all the yeah, time They're but, but they have shows. their
2: own little like fan shows or all the people who own them get together and Talk about their cool little cars that weren't.
3: <laughs> there's, a, there's Aww. always a few of them at the Woodward Dream Cruise here in the summer. They're yeah,
2: so cool. And, I love them. They're ridiculous, but I love them.
3: Yeah, and at the oh, yeah. um, at the orphan car show that they do here in Ypsilanti in September, um, there's always at least one of those that shows up for the orphan car show. Oh, there
1: yeah.
3: you go. Is so it- yeah, the Amphicar. Um, but that I think uh, I have a feeling that there will be more. There will there are more Amphicars that were built than there will ever be of the Chapong Aero HT.
0: Yeah, it's, a, I would think I really fit, it's just a thing. They're like, hey, we have some money. Let's do. Let's have a boondoggle. Let's like show it off at a CES. A bunch of people will take pictures of it and then they'll know who Chapong is. Yeah,
3: but they, uh, the Supernal, I mean, that's... Although that's 20, legit. In in, in 2020, um, Hyundai announced a partnership with Uber to do air taxis and they had this giant mock-up um, hanging in the the Hyundai booth. I mean, this thing is large. It was huge. It was crazy, and it yeah. looked mm-hmm. like it was
0: from like Avatar. <laughs> yeah, the first time I was so I did video with it. And I was so tired. I was like, "Hey, there's a thing. Look at that!" <laughs> I look like a drunk person talking
3: about a flying machine. But but you were you were at you know now they've they they the relationship with who with Uber has ended. Uber decided, yeah, we're not going to pursue this urban air mobility thing because it's probably never going to make any money um so they hyundai's got this new this division that they're now calling supernal or supernal um and you were at the the reveal of the sa2 right yes it was really cool it was uh i I took a little
0: video and you know they seem to be doing all the correct things I, i i interviewed the executives after it um it's still, you know, it, you're essentially just replacing helicopters, is what these yeah. things are. Um They're quieter than helicopters, even though, you know, one of the original issues with with these, you know, sort of quad, octo, you know, these drone type vehicles, they were so loud. Like even the little ones were so loud. So, uh, you know, you, you you know, you have certain regulations you have to adhere to in cities, and so this one, I, apparently, it's as loud as your dishwasher like 68 mm. decibels or something goofy good like that was it 65 decibels taking off and 45 while cruising horizontally that's pretty so, quiet
3: yeah at, somewhat at altitude
0: um it goes up to i believe 1200 1500 feet there we go um 120 miles it does 25 to 40 mile trips um yeah and, you know it's they, they're gonna have to figure out how to you know when when we talk to them they uh like, like, say in L.A., and they're very forward. They're like, we don't know exactly how this is going to work out. Like, we we're talking with the FAA, we're talking with cities, we're trying to figure out how to make this work. But we we're definitely building the flying machine. Um, and one of the one of the uh, things they were talking about is like they essentially have like tunnels, like air tunnels, like not an actual tunnel, but like uh, a guide corridors. for them. Yeah, a corridor for them to fly through through busy. Um, cities like in L.A. you have like multiple in in L.A. proper. You have multiple uh, um, airports. You have Burbank, you have LAX, you have Ontario, you have Long Beach, you have uh, John Wayne, you have all these airports. And so they essentially have to stay out of all the the way of all these. And so in order to do that, they have like paths that they have to fly through. And so they're working with the FAA and they're working with all these local uh, places on how to create these paths. So you can fly from, let's say, downtown L.A. To I don't know Malibu or something, um, which seems that seems like a rich person thing um, that you could do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's you know they're that's they're they're, they're trying to figure it out um, whether or not it, it works out at the end of the day. in cities is that's that's really you're you're talking with you know the FAA has to like well you need to figure you know that's that's well yeah I mean, they want
3: to keep they want to keep people safe in the air that's the big deal sure of course. You know, with a 45-mile range, I mean, is this even useful? It's for rich people. It's like <laughs> the helicopters. Lots of people yeah, get Helicopters can and... go a lot more than 45 miles.
2: 45 miles.
3: Yeah. But these are, these I mean, are you actually. Could, you can fly in a helicopter from Los Angeles to San Diego without any problem. That's true. Or Los Barbara.
0: Michael Musio tell me that all day. Um, yeah. And, you know, this it'll ride four people. It's going to have a person in it they sort of like, you know, they're like, well, you know, eventually if AI ever gets bad enough, but they're very much like, it'll have a person. Again, it all comes down to, is there a market for this? Do people want to fly from this part of town to this part of town from, you know, from here to here without dealing with uh, traffic with, with the rest of us schlubs, Um, the hoi poi, the hoi poi. Like, you know, if you, one of the things, um, one of the issues with, um events in san francisco is that the uh, sfo is south of san francisco where everyone drives is in napa which is north of san francisco which means you have to go through san francisco
3: (laughs) or take the bay Bay bridge and go around and
0: then and then you get stuck in the maze over on the oakland side and you gotta take the it's a whole either way it's a bustling city so there's a lot of traffic and so every time people come here, they're like, "Oh, it took me two hours to get you know something that's only forty miles away." So yeah, so you have like things like that. It's again, it's it's a it's an air taxi um, for a market of I'm assuming very uh, well off people. But mm-hmm. how does it make money initially? I don't know. It's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how how it because they have the technology. It's just, is there the market and our municipality is going to allow it? And of course the FAA, who's like, you know, they're the Kings of the sky.
2: That's never going to happen. They're never going to allow it. Oh, the FAA. When
0: I talked to them, they were very open to it. They're open to the idea of it because they're like, yeah, whatever. You know, as long as you're following the rules,
2: that's
3: their big deal. And I think the FAA has said that, you know, they plan to have um, a certification system for these types of vehicles for these, what they call electric vertical takeoff and landing or EV uh sometime by mid year this year, because there's a couple of other, there's a, several other companies doing this like Joby and um, I forget the other ones now uh, that, you know, want to start doing some, uh, some testing, you know, beyond, beyond just, you know, their prototype testing, you know, sometime this year, did, did supernal say when they actually expect to have flying prototypes? Cause I, I don't think they do right now. Do they? I don't think they
0: have the pro I think they're gonna have it next year. I wrote it down. It's in one of my thousands and thousands of pages of notes or recordings of when when they were going to um have ones flying. You know where this makes a lot of sense? Hawaii.
3: Oh well, because they the, those whole like flying around Hawaii tours. Again though, wait. that forty five mile range might not be enough. Oh well, yeah, that's true too. I mean, you know, Hello. even even on an island like Kauai, you know, if you're going from, you know, from the south side of Kauai around to Nepali, you know, that's, that's going to be, you how know, how far is a, that?
0: That's 12 miles. I don't
1: know. It's,
3: it's, it's probably about 25, 30 miles, you know, by air, you know, if you're flying out over the water, you know, to, to go around.
2: I'm yeah.
3: Yeah. I forget. I forget the name of that harbor. Um, but yeah, I mean, so
0: yeah, it's 73 miles across. So yeah. And and you have to take, you take off essentially most of them take off from near the airport. So, I mean, you can kind of go, do, do, you can kind of go, <laughs> Um sort of I mean. think they had like 120 miles of range. What was the range number they gave I, me? I thought they said, I thought I read 45 for this thing. That's the trip, the type of trips they're, they're doing. So oh, the actual range is, okay. The actual range is much longer. No, because they, they're, they're thinking, okay. like, we'll do three or four, like, 20 to 30, mi- 20 to 40 mile trips. The, the actual range is like 100 and something. Okay. So they could do it. I, that's what I was thinking, because they're quieter than than helicopters. Last time we went to Hawaii, we took a we took a plane. It was pretty cool. Did it Just fly helicopter. around the island? Yeah, it was pretty awesome. It's a pretty sweet deal, except every once in a while you hear about a helicopter falling out of the sky. Which yeah, that, that, that has been That's always a challenge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a lot tougher to, you know, and with these, if one of the propellers stops, you still got seven more. <laughs> yeah,
3: you're, so, you're, I you're mean, fine. that that is an advantage to these over a traditional helicopter is, you yeah. know, you've got you've got some redundancy there. So it should Holy be a lot of redundancy at least safely get you to the ground.
0: Yeah, so you got that going for you, which is nice.
3: All right. Um, the Detroit Auto Show. It's uh, been yeah. kind of sad the last couple of years when they've moved it to September. <sighs> it's so been... they've decided to go back to January next year. So
2: I don't.
1: Okay. <sighs> I'm fine with
2: January, but it's not so much that they move it to January, it's that it's on top of the
0: Yes,
3: You know, the thing we just
0: talked about, all the news coming from.
3: Yeah. My, my guess. <sighs> My, my guess is that they, the Detroit Auto Dealers Association is probably giving up on having the Detroit show be a media event like it has been in the past. And they're just going back to it being a, purely a consumer event. Because Which is fine. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, Go those to an auto show. Work. They're fun. You get to look yeah.
0: at cars. Sometimes you get to get inside of them, you know, on, on the less busy days. it's it's an, And no one's going to come up to you and be like, hey, you want to buy a car? Want to buy a car? <laughs> we got one in the back. But, we got a you know. car
2: in the back for you.
0: Yeah. So for you know for 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 regular people, I remember going to the auto show just walk around, look around, have a nice time, eat a hot dog or maybe some nachos. Get your sticky, gross hands on the steering wheel
3: of a some sort of new Ford or Chevy. It's that. It's good times. Yeah, because the scheduled dates for the show, the public show next year, are January 10th to the 20th. The 10th is the friday the same the same day that ces finishes the last day of ces so if they were to have a media preview you know that's going to be a, a day or two before that which is going to be right in the middle of ces nobody's going to show up for that
0: oh i didn't even think i thought the 10th was the media day
3: <laughs> no because that's that's the friday that's that's when they Oh, they sam, they, uh... again, sam?
2: Wait, we didn't even follow the the first day of of the detroit auto show is the last day of ces
3: yeah January but the 10th, that, 2025.
0: But January tenth is the first day of the public auto show, which means yes. oh my god, so media the people, days will be two days saying. before.
2: Oh, so the oh for the love, I thought I, it was the media day was the t- oh
0: yeah. So did I? No, yeah. that's that's a bad scene. I have uh. I have only been to the Detroit auto show uh, once, and that was this year, and it was sad, and it was only because I went to the battery show in Novi.
3: <laughs> so you were in town anyway. So pretty I was nice in town to anyway.
0: But the way it always worked out is I worked at Engadget, for, you know, when I started um, covering cars and then I worked at Car and Driver and I don't need to go to Detroit if I work at Car and Driver because everyone else works there. Um, but every year they're like, hey, are you, you going to go to the Detroit show? And we fortunately had two people at Engadget who lived in Detroit. So there was absolutely no reason for me to get on a plane, fly to Detroit after spending nine days in Las Vegas and then covering cars. We had someone there. And then most of the time, it, there wasn't really that much news anyway, because everyone was going over to CES where they get a much larger audience of people to cover them.
3: Yeah, I mean, up, up until 2019, you know, it, it, for years, you know, I was doing a week at CES and then coming home, I would have maybe a day off and then straight into the Detroit show. Oof.
2: I can't no. believe they did that until this, literally until this podcast I had in my head that I thought it was the media day that overlapped oh
3: my uh, gosh yeah uh, it's uh the, it's,
0: well you know for the peoples yeah if you go to yeah. the Detroit show you want to yeah, see it's trucks
2: for, and it's, I mean, for the consumer that's fine but if they're trying to create any kind of news whatsoever
3: that's my, not my guess is they've just given up on that because I think I think I mean Stellantis has already said they're not doing auto shows anymore
2: Ever? and or is it just not for, now? for the
3: for, not for the foreseeable future.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah,
3: they they said they're done with auto shows. They're just going to do their own events. And you know, that leaves Ford and GM. I can't imagine any of the foreign automakers coming back to the Detroit show. So yeah. that that's Ford and GM, you know. Ford, you know, they had a refreshed <laughs> F150 this year and and GM had a refreshed Cadillac CT5.
0: Oh yeah. yeah I remember so. watching that they're like, oh. And you're looking at the old one. You're looking at the new
3: one. You're like, wait, what am I missing?
0: Oh, oh I see it. I see it. I see it. I see yeah. it. Oh, <laughs> it's like it's like tweaks really to the
3: front mean? fascia, the lower front. Fascia. Yeah, a little little front fascia tweaks. Um, Add a new dashboard. It, get, it does get a new dashboard. That that is nice. more more prominent. So uh, yeah. Uh well that's the, the oh, end of, man, the, end of just, the Detroit I, show.
2: Yeah, I don't understand why they did that.
3: It, winter is so. Maybe you need. Well, I don't. Actually, do people have a, need something to do in the winter. Yeah, I mean, as a consumer show, it actually makes more sense to do it I in do, the winter. I mean,
2: I get that. I get the winter move. It's the overlap. I don't get. Well, I just totally don't yeah, care it, about it, the it, media coverage. It, 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 pro- at all. it
3: probably has to do with availability of the convention yeah. center. Yeah. And just oh, yeah. The dates that it was available. That's yeah. those were the dates they could get. You know they probably couldn't do it a week later or two weeks later.
0: Is it at yeah. the? It's downtown, right? So I think yeah, the battery Huntington. show is going to be there too. So yeah, the battery <laughs> show is actually moving to Huntington
3: Place, but that's, that's in September. That's in September. Yeah. Thank God. So with oh, the wow. original dates that they had planned for the show for this year. So the 2024 show isn't ha- auto show isn't happening, but it was going to be like on a couple of consecutive weeks. Um, yeah. So, or there was going to be like a week in between the battery show and the auto show. Um, but now there's just not going to be an auto show. Um, in September. It'll just yeah. be in January.
0: Yeah. Oh, the oh, the battery shows in October this year.
3: So oh, it's going to be a oh, little it, bit yeah. colder. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. not, not necessarily. October was pretty warm here Yeah, that could be year.
1: nice.
2: Oh, yeah. okay yeah.
3: then.
0: Yeah, October's pretty nice around here. All right. I just want Mike Austin to bring his Honda B so I can drive around the parking lot again. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh, want an opportunity what? to drive Mike Austin's car around. That's all I care yeah.
3: about. If it's on, it's going to be fine in October. I'm fine. Yeah. You can You definitely be able to drive that around. <laughs> Whew. All right um Android auto um one of one of the the main reasons that GM gave for dropping smartphone projection from their EVs is so that they could integrate real-time vehicle information into Google Maps and stuff for for routing and to find chargers and you know figure out you know how far can you go before you need to charge all this stuff well, now last week at uh, at CES Google announced that, Android Auto is basically getting that uh, capability for for automakers that want to supply the real time battery j- state of charge data um, to the uh, to the Android Auto version of Google Maps. Uh, you'll they'll now be able to do that, and Ford and um, Ford Ford's going to be the first one to launch that on the Mach E and uh, cool. and F one hundred and fifty Lightning. Um, so you'll you know in Google Maps in there. Uh, you'll be able to see the the current battery state of charge, estimated state of charge when you get to your destination. Where charger, it'll give you suggestions where chargers are going to be along the way. I don't know if it'll be quite as sophisticated as what they do in apps like a better route planner. You know where it can give you options of you know find the fastest route to your destination. How long should you stay in charge? That all that sort of thing.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, but yeah, so a lot a lot of what GM's doing will be in in Android Auto um it's unclear if if uh if apple is going to have this capability in uh in carplay or not um uh, but for, uh, ford is actually doing a uh, uh a, a briefing on uh wednesday this week in a couple of days on their next generation um in car systems and so might get a little more detail on exactly how this is all going to work
0: well, they have it. Okay, so, so Ford works with Apple to get EV routing and CarPlay a while back.
3: Okay, so they have that uh, in there? Yeah. yeah okay. I do know
0: that Apple can be difficult to work with. Um, just a little. Just a little. That's, a you skosh. know. A skosh. Um and but But with Google Maps, it's only on the Android phones too right now. It's not on Apple phones with carplay iPhones? with google yeah it's not uh, iphone was apple phones, <laughs> apple so it's phones. Not i heard you
2: get stuck iphones
0: <laughs> but the fact that ford is like willing to work with both of these companies to like make this a reality is great um i'm i'm i'm, I'm really i i wrote a big screed a long time ago that apple and and why hasn't apple and, and google done this because we're all using their maps and they should you know figure out a way to do it and so now they figured out a way so that's pretty great especially when you know my car doesn't have any sort of map. my car doesn't have mapping at all because it's you know they're like you're going your to use your phone oh yeah the, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah just use your phone it's like when i do with the smart when the smart 4.2 first came out they're like yeah we just there's a little thing you put your phone in because you're not going to don't even bother <laughs>
1: it's like it's going to
2: be your phone
0: it's going to be your phone the phone's the thing you're used to the phone's the thing you take everywhere um so yeah so no this is great i think it's 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 good for people who have who are who feel comfortable with Google Maps versus whatever the in-car map uh, situation is, and it'll be nice as more and more um, automakers support this, and of course as more and more devices support it. So kudos to Ford and Google. High fives to them both.
3: And um, they're they're also adding more apps. Excuse me on um, vehicles that have Android Automotive, where where it's all built into the car. Um, so they're, they're starting off with, uh, they've got a beta version of the Chrome browser that you can run in, uh, Polestar and Volvo cars. Cool. Um, and, um, the weather channel app. And, um, I think, did we talk about, uh, Microsoft teams coming to Android auto? Oh God. <laughs> Oh my god! As someone who's constantly has to deal with Microsoft Teams, I'm
0: not happy about this. I
1: know.
0: Um, I thought Microsoft for some reason I thought Microsoft Teams was available in CarPlay, so you could like reply with your voice to to messages. But I guess not. Maybe it is. I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: Either way, I don't like. I it, uh, the whole Microsoft suite is just it's it's frustrating. And Teams is not great. Teams no. is
2: not great. It's super frustrating.
0: Do do you do you get to use Teams, Nicole?
2: I have used it for various things, and I hate it.
0: Every, yeah. yeah, there's like a couple automakers who are like, hey, welcome yeah. to our Teams thing. You're like, and oh, every, my God, Zoom's right there.
2: Yeah, every now and then there's something like we use Teams. I'm like, you do? No. Awesome. And
0: <laughs> it doesn't work well with Apple. Like, the fact, like, I don't know what the IT department. It's okay, It doesn't uh, work
3: well with Windows either
0: okay, uh, I don't know what the IT department did to my my work computer to make it work, but I remember when I was doing interviews for SAE, like I could not get it to work on my on my computer on my MacBook air. so I at the last minute I end up having to do it on the phone. so I'm holding the phone up doing a very important interview for the job that I fortunately I ended up getting <laughs> but it's like hi so I couldn't and it's like all jiggling around because I didn't put it on a I didn't put it on a stand and it was like the last you know when I was like, oh my gosh. I have plenty of stands
3: that I could have put it on, but I was like, Oh, I'll just use teams. And nope. So that's
0: coming. Good luck.
3: Android auto already has support for WebEx. So, I mean, you know, there's that. So I might as well add teams. (sighs) Yeah. You might as well. All all, all the, all the top, uh, (laughs) they
0: got, they got a They got a, they got a real, they got a real player.
3: (laughs) Uh, not yet. I think that's coming. Oh, finally, we're going to get real. (laughs) Uh, but uh but yeah you'll be able to use the Chrome browser now while you're sitting there waiting for your EV to charge from from Polestar and Volvo and presumably others that are using Android Automotive in the coming months. Cool. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Um all right. Um I had a chance to uh to sit down with Henrik Fisker last week, which is Henrik. Always, en- always entertaining. Um and uh we talked about uh some of the stuff that's going on there. They've they had some challenges, um, you know, they didn't sell as many cars or they didn't deliver as many cars last year as they were hoping to. Um, and part of that is because um, they in the U.S., they only had three stores. Um, turns out, you know, doing direct to consumer sales for an automaker is really expensive. And, you gotta buy
0: us gets. You gotta lease some land. You gotta yeah. hire some people. You gotta train the people. Yeah. You you, now you're taking all you that buy on tools your,
3: and equipment, and
0: you gotta <laughs> buy the tools. Or you could just say, "Hey, you want to be a franchise like a Subway or a McDonald's?"
3: <laughs> yeah. Um. And I mean, everybody, you know, all all these startups thought, "Oh, yeah, we'll just go the Tesla route and just sell sell EVs direct to customers," um, and it worked okay for Tesla. Because when they did that, you know they were able to get basically free money from the from the stock market. you know it's like, oh, we need a couple billion dollars more to build more dealerships or whatever and or more more stores and service centers. and so we'll just sell a couple billion dollars worth of shares to uh, to uh, the market. Um, but now you know the market's not so strong anymore. so companies yeah. like Fisker can't do that um, and, and vinfast. Uh, like if so.
0: Tesla were to launch today, they'd be hosed. Yeah, <laughs> they'd be like, in everyone the same oh. boat as everyone else. Yeah, they'd absolutely. be like, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh, how are we gonna do this?
3: So Hen- Henrik is hoping to have fifty dealers by by mid year, um, and so I've got uh, got the interview I did with Henrik um, last week, um, and we'll we'll run that here. Uh, before we do that though, um, anything else uh, you guys want to talk about? Oh, we didn't three. talk about the VinFast Wild. It's wild. Yeah.
0: I, you know what? Okay. So I went to the VinFast uh, to the to the booth, and they had the Wild, and it's d- definitely a concept car, and it's passed through, and the door you know, suicide doors in the back, and all the fancy things you see in all the concept trucks. Um, I didn't care because the VF3, the teeny tiny little VinFast, is my favorite thing in the whole world. I is don't it care. really? It's so cute. Like, just enough room. I could like i don't think it has back seats i don't know i couldn't see because it was dark and but i could put the dogs in the back and just drive around my little two-seater we could go to the park or it was like a honda e and a Jimny had a baby <laughs> <laughs> like they got together they made sweet love and then you get the the oh, the vf it's,
1: no, it's, I just right Googled
0: it's adorbs isn't like adorable it. you just it's want to super cute like a duck like, i shouldn't have rear seats i hope it doesn't i don't know i didn't really even look it up because i'm lazy um but <laughs> you could throw some people in the back throw some dogs in the back or put like you know some a bag of something a small bag of stuff <laughs> and you just cruise around town like a cool little EV uh my last night my wife and i were driving home and there's a uh, electric 500e for five thousand dollars the orange one my wife's oh. like maybe we should just get rid of the kona and get this <laughs> uh. i'm like well, it only has like 80 miles of range she's like yeah that's fine this is the same you know when we first got the kona she's like oh my god am i going to be able to make it to work
2: this is 125 miles of range
0: yeah see perfect
2: oh and it's a four-seater oh it does have or, a back seat right
1: uh, just
3: fold it down
0: or take yeah. it out <laughs> boom done Problem
3: solved. The, 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 those back seats are going to be too small for adults anyway. Yeah, yeah those are those this are this thing is are... this thing is really small.
2: It's tiny. Yeah, it's, yeah. Really it's teeny
0: tiny. tiny. Yeah, really I, teeny tiny. I... Look at it. It's beautiful. It's <laughs> it's cute. It's um, I don't know. I I, I think uh, you you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I want everyone to, to to make it. I think Vinfast has a lot of capital. Mm-hmm. Behind them, So they had the opportunity. I think they were too soon with the drive program. You can't tell us that better cars are being taken off a boat in San Francisco while you're doing your drive program. I think that was an error on their Mm -hmm. part. Um, I haven't driven anything new from them. So the newest versions of the cars, the ones that apparently are better, that they told us to our faces, these are the better ones, but you're driving the old ones. You
3: should go down to the dealer and take one for a test drive.
0: I should. I should go down. There's literally one down the street from my house. Um, but, you know, when Hyundai came over the United States, those were horrible cars. Yeah. Just complete trash. Like, no I, I one should have think, bought those.
2: I think VinFast got off to a really rocky start because that early, too early. Too early. I, I said at the time, like, just let it cook for another six months. You guys, this isn't ready. <laughs> Chill. This is just not ready. Like, hold off. And they didn't. I think if they'd held off, they would have it would have been an entirely different launch experience.
1: Entirely
2: I think bit different.
0: I think if they've held off until the spring and like just did a lot more testing, a lot more testing, a lot more testing, maybe did a mm-hmm. long I think they probably would have it, it it wouldn't be the situation that they're in now where people are like boo
1: Yeah, I agree.
2: <laughs> I agree. Now- I, I still know. think they can, I mean, I still think they I can. I think they can,
0: I think they can make it. Well, I mean, but also they just like got rid of their CEO because the chairman
3: is now the CEO, but I've heard mm-hmm.
0: like rumbling the old CEO from, is
3: now the chairman, I think.
0: But then the old CEO is like, the, the, she, that, she's the, the, I don't know. They, that, that, that right there, that's your, your issue. Just put something in charge, let them do their job. Don't micromanage them. You have a whole other VIN like conglomerate super thing to take care of I think there was like we got to move quickly I think they wanted to move quicker than they should have and I think someone needs to come in and say slow down they're on CEO number four you need CEO number five to come in and say I will take this job but you gotta leave me alone and let me do my job
2: (laughs) yeah but that's not gonna happen
0: whoever that is he or she um, good luck with that okay But the VF three right. people go look at it. just go look at it. It's just it's it's delightful. 125 miles around town, goofy little car. All right, nice <laughs> stuff.
3: <laughs> Sounds um, like
0: you guys are both fools. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
3: know. We'll we'll see. i um, I I remain. I mean, based on I'm dubious, you know, what, <laughs> I heard, what I what I heard from Nicole and and others who went to Vietnam and had the tour there. I remain somewhat dubious of of their prospects, but you know we'll see. They did a uh,
0: good job making fake BMWs.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they
0: just you know they licensed the, the 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 whole the the platform and made some BMWs that people liked. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
3: Just, uh, EVs All are right.
0: harder than you think. Software but, yeah. is not easy.
3: Definitely settle down. Yeah. Settle down. G- it's not GM, a... de- GM definitely knows that.
0: A GM though, like well, Volvo Volks- Volvo. Volkswagen learned that. Like yeah, uh, yeah everyone's figured well, it
3: out. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and Volkswagen, you know, that was another thing that, that I saw at CES. You know, Volkswagen uh, a couple of years ago, they announced, yeah, we're we're gonna have Carrier do all our ADAS and automated driving software going forward, and we're gonna use Qualcomm uh Snapdragon ride platform. And now at CES, um, you know, I was talking to somebody else who does not work for Volkswagen, but who is familiar with what's going on Um, and mobile eye during Amnon Shashua's um, present annual presentation. um, Yeah. He was going over some of the design wins that they have for uh, supervision and, and um, their chauffeur system. And, you know, he listed um, major Western OEM um, without saying who it was. And from a conversation I had with somebody else, it's Volkswagen. Volkswagen has oh, basically given up on out trying to do their ADAS and and automated driving stuff, and they just, just give it all to Mobileye. Just let them do it. Yeah, yeah. those guys Major know what West they're doing.
0: OEM. That's why. Yeah.
3: So that's what uh, I want on my so, bio. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so the the uh, you know the uh, the V the, the VW ID Buzz Robo Taxis that they're developing, uh, those used to be running with um, Luminar Iris lidar sensors. Um, after they switched from Argo to Mobileye, they were using the Luminar sensors. Now they've switched the lidar sensors to the Innoviz two, uh, from Innoviz, an Israeli startup. Um, and Innoviz is also supplying the lidar sensors for a whole bunch of Volkswagen Group vehicles over the next several years. And uh, so uh, I'm I'm pretty sure it's Volkswagen is the uh, the company that. Uh, Dr. Shashua was was, re- was referencing without actually saying it. Major Western OEM. <laughs> yeah.
2: Major Western OEM.
3: Yes. Uh, all right. Um, let's call it a show. Um, I will drop in uh, my conversation with Henrik Fisker here, and we will talk to you all next week. Bye. 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 All right. So, Henrik, uh, we last talked in Munich. Oh, yeah, I ran into you for chat for a few minutes. It's been a while since we had a, a good, lengthy like, talk about the, the company and, and what's going on. Yeah. So uh, you didn't hit your production targets, or delivery targets, for 2023. Hmm. Um, you did unveil a bunch of new products that are coming up. So
4: let's start with kind of an overview of the state of Fiskars. So, I mean, I think, I, I don't know of any... Car company that hit their production numbers last year, coming (laughs) out of COVID. But I think that for us, it obviously our first car. It's it's difficult for any startup when it's your first year and you're all excited, and then you get a call and you know one of your suppliers gone bankrupt, Mm -hmm. and then you have to negotiate with the German government and get your tools out and move them somewhere else. The production has stopped. So I think we had several of these type of supply issues was hampered us, and then we got to November and. We finally said, okay, we're going to do 10,000 this year, which we then hit. It was obviously far below. Um, so we ended with 10,000. We ended with delivering 4,900 vehicles, which is still, you know, quite a lot of revenue you just consider every vehicle is just over 70,000. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot for us at least, and for our startup, a lot of cash coming in. So that I think was really good. Um, what we then, when I started thinking about end of, um, November was I wonder seemed like all the startups ran in the same direction uh when it came to direct sales so i went and saw a friend of mine bo bachman uh which owns a lot of dealerships and i sat down with him and we talked about it and we said is there maybe a way to do best of both worlds like how can we do something new so we came up with this concept was uh, call a dealer partnership model i mean it's still a dealer franchise so i decided to pivot and change into doing a dealer franchise model with some new conditions, like no haggle pricing, larger dealer territories so they can do higher volumes and therefore hold the prices. And a whole bunch of other stuff. They'll also get, you know, part of the Boucher and stuff like that. Um, and the reason I did it was because I really realized as we had produced all these vehicles, it was a bottleneck for us to get them to the customers. Because we actually have orders for a lot of these vehicles. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't get them fast enough out because we only have a handful of locations in the U.S. And it's just not enough. I mean, the U.S. is gigantic and you suddenly are finding yourself shipping a car eight hours to a customer, whereas a normal dealer calls the customer and they come in half an hour, they pick up the car and they're gone. So we I realize that bottleneck we have to change. And yes, if we, we spend two, three years on billions of dollars, we can do it. But I don't think we have this time anymore and we also don't have a 0% interest rate. So times are different and finally what we saw on our heat map of our customers is that whereas way back three years ago all our customers came from three states now we have customers all over the US and we can't serve them so the fastest way we can do that is by appointing dealers all over the US so we decided to go for the dealer model and that's really for me the important thing this year how can we get up to deliver? We want to do tens of thousands of year calls. We can only do it if you go to a dealer model, And and service is the second board. We have now passed and exhausted, I think, all the early adopters. And now when you talk to a normal person living somewhere, they go, oh, so where am I getting the car service? The early adopter wasn't so interested in that. Yeah. They'll we'll figure it out somehow. You know.
3: Well, <laughs> I, you know, it, it's not like, you know, with the Karma or the original Tesla Roadster where, you know, those those customers were more likely to have multiple vehicles.
4: They had multiple vehicles. They didn't care. Closer to a mainstream. Now you have mainstream people like, hey, I'm going to drive every day in this car to work. Where am I going to get service? I can't afford to have this down for three days. Yeah. So that for me is another point of getting, uh, giving, having the dealers to service, taking care of the customers. So that was another part um, that we wanted to, to uh, you know, get out of this. So I think this, for me, is the right decision. We went a lot through the financials. It cost us money to sell cars too. So it's not like, yeah, of course we pay the dealer margin, but that is also what it cost us to make. So there's not a huge difference there. Yeah. So, and we're going to do the same in Europe. In Europe, we're going to do hybrid only because we already set up a lot of dealer points. We'll just keep those, but we'll not, you know, expand them. We don't have that many. And then we'll just start appointing dealers. And we actually, now, already talked to dealers. As soon as we had this news, Uh, we've got a ton of deals bringing us up. And I expect we'll start appointing the first dealers next month. And some dealers have existing showrooms that they would like to fill up. So we don't require them to build a showroom. You want a low um, interest fee, if you want, Mm -hmm. low cost of entry. uh, So they can use existing dealer rooms. Of course, they have to change the signs, do a little paint. Sure. And then they're up and going. And we'll do the education. We have all the staff, training staff for techs and sales. Because we have all these people already. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be pretty fast, moving pretty fast. How how many dealers do you expect to uh, to have? So this year, I want to sign up in the U.S. 50 dealers before mid-year. In fact, even faster if I can. Um, it'll be more dealers than that, but that's the first goal, to sign up 50 dealers fairly quickly. Sort of across the U.S. I would say maybe it's about in 35, 40 states. And do you... Do you
3: also plan to add any more company-owned stores, or just keep no, no. keep what you got right
4: now? No, oh. we're gonna in the U.S. We're gonna close the company-owned stores. Oh, so you, you're we so only have like only. we only have like three or four. Okay, so we're gonna close those, but we're gonna keep our lounges, which is the you know our brand centers mm-hmm. where you can go and see the car, which we have in L.A. in the Grove, we have in New York in the meat, bill, uh, meat packing districts. We'd be even going to add a few more. That's just to support the dealers. Okay. And if we get a lead in that lounge, it could, whatever the zip code of that person is, can sent. So if you if you go in here, the zip code will be sent home to you wherever you are if that's where you're going you yeah. from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, clearly, you know, you, you, you come to learn, Yeah, you know, that there, there's upsides and downsides to, to going is. direct. And, and, and I also think to, the time you're at. Yeah. You know, 10 years ago when Tesla did it, or whenever it was, 15 years ago now, um, it was a different time. You were only dealing with enthusiasts and, and early adopters, and you had a 0% interest rate. Mm-hmm. You, you, yeah, and, a lot of capital expense to, to setting up your own network. And they took five or some years to do it. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have five years Yeah. So there's all these things coming together. Now, when we originally thought about it, we didn't know that we were going to have this interest rate. We didn't know it's going to take so long to close the real estate deals. So you also have, as a, as a startup, one of the good things is you can adapt quick. So I don't need to talk about this for a year to make a decision. We talked about it for months or so, and then we just say, you know what? This is what we need to do to accelerate faster. Because we have the demand. We just got to be able to fulfill it. Yeah. So, yeah, if, you, if, you, if you're building, if you can build the vehicles, you want to get them to customers. Yeah, we don't have any problem
3: building vehicles. Okay. And, and how, how is the relationship with Magna going on, on the production side?
4: Well, I mean, I think that we have gone through the difficulties of all the issues of suppliers, and Magna also had a few issues where there was shipping some cars that wasn't done, et cetera. I think there's, you know, in, in any startup phase, I mean, we have some uh, software bugs we had to fix, and, and some of it was with suppliers. It's not just startups having software. Yeah, everybody has. Yeah. But the thing is, how fast can you fix them? And we can fix them within a, a little less a week. And we do software upgrades every month, all So we fix them really quickly. Um, but and, I, and that's because we have a huge, very smart software team internally. We do all our own over there updates, all done from San Francisco. Uh, we have fully connected cars, so that's very really important to do all that stuff and understand your own car. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to go out and ask a supplier and then wait for a reply because there's many OEMs have to do that. So um but yeah, nova Mac I mean look they can build the cars um, I think now we're getting high, we're getting high quality cars yes, like any any start of a new vehicle production you have issues you have to solve you have to solve them together um, and you just have to get on with them and do it. it's it's not easy, but I think we have done it it's there we've got a great car. If I look at the quality of that car, I mean it's built on this uh, by the same people on the same line than the Japanese and German automaker. And our car is to that poorly standard, and that's unusual not only for a startup. And that's certainly one of the advantages of working with someone like Magnus Stier. I mean, they've been yeah. building vehicles for a lot of different yeah. OEMs for all decades. Yeah, yeah. So it's a high-quality car, and pe- people actually—they actually, actually comment on that. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Wow, this car like is solid." Mm-hmm. That's one thing they notice. And we have a lot of people from German premium brands, so it's almost like. They actually came in thinking, oh, I wonder. I took a chat and they go, wow, this thing is like really solid. It's almost like they got surprised, even though they've been used to it. Yeah. So, besides that, you know, kind of
3: what's what's the feedback been like from customers? You know, how, what are Well, well
4: I, I think we have a multiple. We have, I mean, we have a lot of people who love the car. They love the way it drives. They're surprised it drives better than the previous car they had. Mm-hmm. Some of them had electric cars, some of them had gasoline cars. Uh, some of the people were maybe not as early adopters as we thought, so they have been uh, you know, it's been a little tough for them to deal with with this sort of over their updates, remember to push the button and seeing some stuff come up and all that Um, so we have had, some needed more guidance and help than others Um, because we also had people who came in sort of a they call it electronic car for the first time, like they've never you know, they came in with a traditional gasoline car yeah, and now they're like Wow, I mean, did they, I remember one guy was telling me, so, so, how do Do I need to go to the dealer to get the over there update? No, no, over there, I mean, you get it over there well, at <laughs> home. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? What do you... Yeah, you just push there, but then you have to keep the... So the thing is, you have to keep the car locked, and we had a thing where you had to keep the car unplugged to, to make it work, mm-hmm. the software update. And uh, that caused a bit of issues because most people, they plug it in at night. Sure, yeah. I mean, that's and the, then if... That's yeah, that's so you... You, you, you're taught to do, and you get you get an EV. You plug it so, in. So, so oh. now we're making a software update that comes Friday, 9th of January, where you you can leave it plugged in. Okay. So you know we had to make a this learnings you get when you get out in real life. I mean, just some few dumb things that you think, oh, why didn't we think about that one? Yeah. You know, but it was apparently difficult, but we made it happen. Now, so there's been a lot of stuff that together about customers, because customers give a feedback about certain things, and some of them have been like, oh yeah, when there was. They actually didn't think about that. So, you know, there's been a, f- a few things like that where you just have said, oh, yeah. We but you, you kind of didn't really know it because EVs are still new. And if you are if you know EVs, then you say, oh, yeah, it's normal to do this. Then you push that button. But somebody who's never done it and never have a cover over there updates, it's just... Which is the vast majority of people out there. Yes, yeah, exactly. We kind of forget it when we're in this industry and you talk to early adopters every day. And, you know, some of the early adopters, I mean... They put a tripod on the rear seat mm-hmm. during the night, running so, so they could see what happened with the, uh, <laughs> it on the internet. And I mean, that's the type, so you got that type. Mm-hmm. And then you got the normal person who just wants to have a problem. Yeah. And they don't want to have any, they, they, they don't have time to learn. They just tell me how, what do I do? to put in gear or gate. Fine. Mm-hmm. And that's it. They don't want any more of that. So you got very extreme.
3: So uh, of the customers, you, know, you delivered nearly 5,000 vehicles so far of, of that customer base. Where, you know, who are those customers? I mean, you said, you know, some of them are obviously new to EVs, new to to modern digital vehicles. Um, But, you know, where else are you seeing customers coming from?
4: So um, we see sort of, I mean, if you you leave it out the early adopters, because there's less and less of those, Mm -hmm. I would say we see sort of, I mean, there's many different nuances, but if I take sort of two uh, types, I would say one, If they come from an existing EV, um, you see some coming. If they come from an independent brand already and have driven those EVs from a non-traditional automotive OEM, there's mainly one brand. There's not too many of those. Yeah, They don't want to go back to a traditional OEM. And they like the look of our car. They like to try something new. And they like the idea that we're independent. So that's one type of buyer. And they're pretty seasoned with how things work and all this type of stuff. Then you have the buyer coming from the OEM, traditional OEM, and many of those, what happened was, uh, and I talked to, like for someone in Germany, I talked to three of them because I asked, can can I get three random numbers? And and the most interesting was a 70-year-old guy that had driven a BMW for 40 years. I mean, had BMW, only BMW for 40 years. And finally, he discussed with his wife, said, You know what? We should really think about being sustainable. We should get an electric car. And of course, we have electric car, but it was such a huge change. He said, You know, I want to sort of see what's out there. So for the first time, I actually did research what is out there, and your car popped up somewhere. So he said, Oh, it looks really nice. So he started reading about it and all the stuff it had. And I said, I've never had a car with all these interesting things like California mode, taco trays, (laughs) all that stuff. So he's like this is really interesting and then he's like you know what if i'm going to take such a huge risk because i asked why didn't you buy the BMW?" bmwx because you know it's like the same as i had before like now i could really try something new and and they said the final aspect was we kind of decided to do this for sustainability and you are 100 sustainable whereas my current brand is not so we felt we're going to do this big shift so we have people that sort of finds us because they read articles of somebody written and But it's done by research. It's not because they know our brand. Right. And a few have followed it. So then we had some that followed us, of course. But many of those, and they're coming from the premium brands, European. And they just Googled us and figured it out. And like, whoa, it's interesting. Uh, Fair. Um,
3: Looking ahead
4: now, uh,
3: how many many vehicles do you think you're going to be able to, how many oceans do you think you'll be able to deliver this year? And and do you see the, I, I don't the s- customer base evolving from what you've got
4: now or kind of just more of the same? So your question was deliveries. So on deliveries, once we have the deals up and running, I don't see any issues anymore with bottlenecking deliveries. So then it's just down to sales and production. And I think that we will continue to accelerate production via very variable with Magna, they can scale up. Obviously to a certain extent, Then we have to go to suppliers. Yeah. So I think we'll be doing really good. We haven't given a forecast. We won't do that until our earnings. Okay. Um, But I see this as being a great year, an incredible year. And I think mainly because now we will be able to have that uh, uh, outlet of the dealers to be able to help us getting the car. One of the other things with the the buyer now being more traditional, they want to go to a dealer and drive the car and get it explained. A lot of our first customers never even drove the car. They ordered it ship them to their home and that was it yeah but and now now you want people to come in they see want see some of in. these cool features yeah, yeah the the rotating screen yeah. the california mode they want to come and see it yeah an experience that they want to take it for a test drive houses to run electric? i never did it before so it's a new new kind of demographic and also they spread more mm-hmm. what we are seeing is it used to be just california texas and florida Now it's spread. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not evenly spread. Mm -hmm, Sure. But it's definitely spread. We have, I would say, customers in every state. Okay. Almost nobody in North Dakota and South Dakota. Dakota. But anyway, I I think there's like three (laughs) V-chargers in North Dakota, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) (laughs) It might be the owner that ordered one. (laughs) (laughs) um,
3: So... yeah. do you expect to start delivering
4: some of the other trim levels this year besides the extreme? So we started. We delivered the first sport and ultra last year. Okay, already, uh, and yeah, we are. We are now at ultras in the US just because of shipping. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, the sport because of shipping shipment lags behind. But I think we already have ultras here. Okay, so yeah, they're they're going out now full speed. Okay, now as we speak. All right. Yeah. Um. So, last year
3: you had an event where you showed off a whole slew of yep. vehicles that are coming in yep. the next couple of years yep. and um, you know how is the how's
4: the development process going on those I mean, let's start with the pickup with the Alaska um, yeah. so the pickup we have actually decided that should be the first one to come out with because we think it's a really hot market especially because I've seen now that all the electric pickup trucks that came out or are coming out a full size mm-hmm. and ours a mid-size it's like a Ford Ranger size mm-hmm. It's not as small as the Santa Cruz, it's like a Ford Ranger. Yeah. And um, I think it'll have such a unique, mm. sit in such a unique market segment because it's going to be priced between sort of $45,000 to $58,000. Okay. So I think the price segment, the size is unique. So we want to bring that out first. Uh, and then, and that would be, we're looking at end of uh, 2025, like we said. Okay. We have now decided the Pierre Pro will be after, slightly after. So similar time frame um post i mean the the uh, uh alaska let me stick with alaska the alaska is based on the ocean platform so it's product we can bring fairly quickly into production without you know we are not inventing everything in there right a lot of, a lot of the core architecture sorry there we're going to use the same battery pack for the beginning we'll switch to the u.s later and then we'll use same powertrain the same old stuff in it electronics and all that uh so that vehicle is it's it's pretty much done in terms of development. The next step is going to suppliers. Um, the pair is also pretty much done. It's also next step suppliers. Um, what's unique about the pair is that that vehicle needs slightly more testing because it's brand new. It's a very unique steel structure where we have taken thirty five percent out in terms of parts, uh, which make it much. Yeah, there's a lot a lot of interesting details yeah. about the way you design that with having. Yeah. Parts that are interchangeable, yeah, the cars. The, so that's you know, that, symmetry. So that's really a low cost, amazing, but still being a quality vehicle. We're looking for a partner for that vehicle because it's um, it, we're on doing really high volume, and uh, we want to do it both in Europe, US, and maybe eventually even India and China. So it's a big project. So we have a lot of discussions going on. Uh, the at one point, I know there was a, a partnership with Foxconn. I it is, it's it's so. it's lying there, but we are talking with a lot of different. Uh, yeah. groups right now. We haven't announced anything new in Fellow. Okay. Um, with the
3: Alaska, um, yeah. you know, obviously, since it's a pickup, that means it would be subject to the chicken tax. So
4: No, we will make it in the U.S. Okay, that that was what I was going
3: to ask yeah. you, if you're going to
4: build it here. Yeah. Um, is Magna going to build that here, or are you... Well, Magna doesn't have a plant here. Right. So, uh, nobody can build a plant that quick. So, yeah. we will be looking at an existing plant. Okay. And... We haven't announced, it's too early to announce anything about it, but it will be built into this. Okay. All right. That, that, that would make sense. And then, the, then you yeah, know, you
3: actually have uh, uh, yeah, access to the IRA tax credits with that as well. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that price point, you know, I mean, you, you mentioned the size, you know, the, the Rivian R1, R1T is closer. It's a little bigger than the Ranger, but it's closer to that size. It's closer to the, I think it's close to full size. It's, it's, uh, it's actually closer to the Ranger than it is to
4: the F-150. Is it? But, yeah. I think it looks huge. Yeah, when I look at the Wrangler, though, is somewhere in between,
3: is Yeah, it? it's it's about six inches longer than a Ranger. It's it's actually almost exactly the same dimensions as a Jeep Gladiator. Okay, uh, um, but cool. yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's if, it's right it's right on the Gladiator okay. size. One. well, but yeah, yeah. you yeah, that price point you're talking about is significantly below yeah. where Rivian is. Yeah, and so that would you know give give, give you a significant advantage you know, in terms of. The, the market you know will think a lot more people could afford
4: yeah you know forty five to fifty five thousand dollars and seventy five to yeah. ninety yeah so that's yeah I, and that's the that's why we think this segment is interesting mm-hmm. because I think we'll have a pretty broad audience and also the fact we don't have any competition in that price segment right the others just there's time to get a lot of competition up there for sort of a seventy to a hundred thousand dollar pickup truck mm-hmm. and so we, we didn't want to go in that segment and I think we have sort of put ourselves in. Make premium cars, but trying to avoid to get jammed into this eighty to one hundred thousand dollar segment. Yeah, try try to provide good value. probably. good value. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, give give yeah. customers a lot for their money. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. great. Um,
3: so, uh, yeah, obviously as a startup, you know, it, this is a challenging economic environment to be in. You know, you talked earlier about the interest, yeah, the interest rates, and yeah. everything. Um, yeah. How you know? How are things? Uh, you know, to to the degree you can talk about it. You know, uh, I don't know how much you can say right now. You know, in terms of the financials, but yeah. Do you do you feel confident that you'll be able to generate enough revenue from the ocean this year to to really be able to sustain the company going forward without actually taking on?
4: Debt, or I do capital. Yeah, I I do. I mean, the the the, I mean, it all depends what you want to do. I mean, anybody can spend a lot of money in the the car industry. So you have to size your business requirements to, you know, what what your abilities are. But I think that we are very well positioned because of our relationship with Magna, where we don't own a factory. Uh, so we don't have that burden on us with, you know, 5,000 employees or whatever you would have there. Um, secondly, I think that our vehicle makes enough high volume. It brings in a lot of cash to us. And third, um, you know, I've already said publicly we're looking at uh that we, we would, uh, you know, consider. Yeah, we're probably going to need some additional manufacturing partner. Yeah, and, and and you know, manufacturing partner comes other things. You know, I mean, you're you're probably paying for things together and stuff like that. So, I think we we will size our. My answer to this will be we will size our business to fit in the environment we're in, and I think that's one of the advantages of being a startup. I mean, that's what we've done with going with dealers. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, we decided dealer, uh, no dealers. Now we're going to stay with no dealers, even if we're not going to make it. So we decided no. We have to change because we have to follow and look at what is reality in the market. Nobody knew what the interest rate would be. Nobody knew what the competition would be. Nobody knew you know, the sentiment uh, in the world or you know, whatever might happen. So you have to adjust to that. I mean, yeah, maybe somebody had a plan about selling cars in Russia, but they aren't gonna do that right now. They have to yeah. change that idea. <laughs> you know? so, so I think we're, adop- we're adapting to what fits in the current environment. And that was one of the reasons we always said you we were we were set on going into Europe because we wanted to have that Europe angle to be able to also offset if there's change in market condition between US and Europe. And by the way, what we have seen is UK, for some reason, have really taken off the sales. We're doing great in the UK. We're doing great in Norway. So, you know, there's certain countries that just have picked up. In the US, what we saw was scattered out our orders. We thought they're all going to be if you remember way back, I think Tesla sold all the cars in California for the first year. I mean, yeah. if we would have done that, I'd be like, oh. If I go all my cars in Austria the first, it just roll them out of the factory and didn't the meatball. <laughs> it would have been so easy. Yeah. But that, unfortunately, was not the case, right? Yeah. We had to get them on a ship and, a plane, you know, on, on, on trains and get them over here. So, you know, you have to, ultimately, you have to take advantage of being a startup yeah. by reacting to the environment. And that's what our plan is. That's what we're doing.
3: Gotcha. Yeah. you know. Great. All right.
4: Um, anything else? No, I think this is the biggest thing, actually. Yeah. So it's yeah. Kind of being being flexible and being like flexible. adding to the changes. That, that is how we're going to survive. And that's the, our difference to being a huge car maker, where they can do that. Yeah. Right? They, they, they have to, and they, you know, you saw how they, they plan certain things, and then now they're cutting EVs out and, you know, and making all these. I mean, they have to do these super long-term planning. Which we don't have to do now. We must worry. I, I, I think to a certain extent it's an advantage for us that there's been these cuts in EVs. I mm-hmm. do Because suddenly maybe now we are coming out with some cars that and w- won't have too much competition. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah, certainly, you know, the Alaska yeah. you know, is potentially a, a
3: really good spot because there's, at least right now, there's nothing else quite in that. There's that nothing sec- really
4: in that segment on that price range as an yeah. EV. Yeah. So yeah, you just got to find a place to build it. All right. Good to see you. All right. Take care. Good to talk to you. Thank you. you Thanks, Matt.
1: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more,